Night falls over the land of Zumondo. The dead rise from their grave. Ghosts and ghouls run amok through the streets. And perhaps the most terrifying, Mariah Carey begins to awaken from her slumber to plague mankind for the next two months with her 1994 Christmas hit. All I want for Christmas is you. Sit down, relax, and enjoy the Zumundo Halloween Special. And welcome to Zumundo Podcast, the Halloween Special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's not as diabolical. <laughs> so, give a, can you give a good evil laugh there? That <laughs> <laughs> needs work. <laughs> work Let's, on that. I'm Doolin. And I'm Keith. And uh, we're going to get into it with this uh, all... Halloween special uh, theme. We've got it. We've got some great guests lined up for you, for you tonight. Comic Man, of course, it, coming back this evening. Yeah, yeah, this is great. We got a full cast Uncle, on the show today. Uncle Chuck with some Halloween safety tips is is back in <laughs> back in the game again. <laughs> He's ridiculous. And we always. also have uh, Larry Lawson from uh, Indian River Hauntings LLC and the Florida Bureau for Paranormal Investigation. Um, he's going to come on and talk to us about some of uh, some of his experiences that led him to start a paranormal investigation company. So, this is a, yeah a perfect uh, a perfect Halloween guest, you know, mm-hmm. and all it, things spooky. Yeah, I'm really I, excited for I'm, that. I'm super excited. Um, before we begin, um, I, I'm I'm sorry to say that we we have to do a Zumundo farewell before oh, we, we do, begin. Yes. Yeah, I don't. You know, I never like to do it, but I always feel it's necessary to do it. So. It's a Zumundo farewell. Uh, so I, I don't know if you know this or not, Keith, but um, Richard Roundtree. Yeah. Um, you might not know his name, but you definitely know him by his iconic character. I'd argue that almost everybody in America, at least, knows who this guy is. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. Uh, best known for playing John Shaft. 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 In the original Shaft movie franchise. Uh, died surrounded by family. He was uh, 81 years old. I yeah. think he uh, he succumbed to pancreatic cancer. Oh wow! Unfortunately, 1942. But, yeah, born in 1942. Um, but this actually wasn't his first battle with cancer. Really? Um, yeah. Back in 1993, he was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. Um, and then you know after he beat it, like he became an advocate for uh, greater awareness of breast cancer among men because it does happen to men Absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he was born in New York. He played football for Southern Illinois University. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He was a football player in his younger days. Uh, he did some modeling before finally appearing in the 1971 film Shaft, which you know, which made him a star. You damn um, right. You damn right. Um, which won Oscars, by the way, for uh, for best music and a writ in the, an original theme song. For Isaac Hayes, like you know, uh, yeah, and our yeah. generation knows Isaac Hayes before he passed as Chef. Like that was from, uh, yeah, yeah, from. Uh, I'm uh, gonna Park. make love to your woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, but that was, but that was like at that point he was kind of a throwback 
to that era of like the 1970s, and you know, in music that that song specifically with the uh, the 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 chicka yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, with exactly. the uh, wah pedal and stuff is actually a it's a pretty funny story that sometimes you can, yeah you can see um, you can see stuff like that on on YouTube them talking about writing the song and like hey hey that sounds good keep doing it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean but the, yeah just the the movie for the time and like the the early 70s and uh, and and the music like it just really kind of defines that era of film in the 70s very you know? much so a lot of things are heavily stylized to look like shaft now you know I yeah mean, it was it was definitely an iconic film for mm -hmm. the time yeah and there was uh, a few sequels yeah there was yeah. i think four sequel all four sequel there was four sequels to shaft and uh roundtree played the role of shaft for all four of the sequels yes. and in addition to that um he had a uh he had a cameo in the remake of Shaft starring Samuel L. Jackson, right, right. which is really cool. Actually, I heard that uh, Samuel L. Jackson um, put out recently a uh, just a just a very touching tribute to oh, to nice. Roundtree and everything. So um, that's really nice. Another um, iconic, yeah, another character. iconic character who's thankfully still with us. Man, it'll be it'll be a sad day, but you know what? He's Samuel L. Jackson's got a lot of more movies to make, man. Oh yeah, um, definitely. But. Um, yeah, man, Roundtree uh, kind of became known as America's first black action hero, man. That's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, for his portrayal of John Shaft, and uh, uh, he, you know, left left behind that iconic character, and uh, he's he's most definitely going to be missed, man. Absolutely. So, uh, for Richard Roundtree, a.k.a. Shaft, we raise our glasses to you and Cheers. a Zumundo toast. Cheers, brother. Yeah, such an impact on, mm -hmm. on everything, you know, culturally. It was great. Yep. Um, well, hey, how's you your week going? You're not wearing a costume. I can't ask you about. We're not well, live we, right yeah, now. Yeah, we uh, uh, fortunately couldn't go live this week because we had a lot of we had to, we had to like schedule calls and everything yeah. this week, so we can't really do that when we're live. But uh, my week's going really, really well, man. We were we're getting ready for a uh, Halloween party coming up here, cool. at a local brewery, and you know, you know me, like I'm I'm a cosplayer, man. So you know, you know me, I'm I'm you're debating whether to wear a costume at all up until the last <laughs> minute. Then I'll be like, all right, man, let's do it. You guys are dressing up, all right? I'll yeah. dress up. But yeah, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great week. It's been a busy week. You know, we're uh, we're moving as you guys know. We're here in Florida, and so we're moving into season. And I work in the entertainment business, and this is what this is when my calendar starts filling up, and I start getting mm -hmm. really busy. So it's uh, it's been it's been a time, but uh, it's been a good time and make Exciting it stuff. make it that money. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. Well, you want to go ahead and get into some brews, news, and reviews? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. Sometimes it stinks. Sometimes so it stinks. We're gonna we're actually we're gonna go a little bit uh, off script today for the Halloween special. But yeah, for we, we have for a little reviews yeah we have a little, yeah for reviews we have a little bit of news, but we got a lot of we got a lot of things we're gonna move to for reviews. And so. you've got a brew here. What are you drinking? Oh yeah. So uh, so for the uh, Halloween special, I decided to make a Halloweeny drink. Awesome. And um, it's it's a it's a pureed hot dog. No no I'm kidding. It's not a pureed hot dog. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so this is. Uh, uh, Strongbow apple cider. Okay, and then you're gonna laugh because this is what I do. I put a little splash of Fireball in it for the <laughs> oh cinnamon. Gosh. I just do it for the flavor. It's the, the flavor. Uh, it's, it's your holiday yeah. uh, spice of but, choice. And or, then I ta I had uh, some. Uh, you're, you're gonna call me a basic bitch for this, but why? I have a. Uh, I had some uh, some 
pumpkin pie spice that I sprinkled in there too. I'm not sure I even know what that is. So it's uh it's it's on the it's counter. Like a, it's on the counter behind you there. So oh, yeah, it's it, like literally yeah. like a McCormick's. It, yeah, pumpkin it's, spice yeah, it's pumpkin pie spice, <laughs> and it kind of adds something to it. So I got to say this. Um, let me have a sip of it here. Mm. <laughs> All right. So here's here's my thoughts on this. This would be a lot better if this cider wasn't so shitty. Okay. <laughs> this is not enough. a good like. Actually, went in looking for like. Um, Angry Orchard or something, which okay, is like usually classic, like the apple yeah. cider, which I didn't see when I went to the liquor store last week and picked this up. I didn't see it there. This was like the only cider that I saw. So I picked it up. Okay. Uh, I'm not a fan of it. This is not bad. It's not a terrible drink, um, but it's definitely, it definitely has that fall flavor to it. And I think it's a great, uh, a great addition to bruise news and reviews for our uh, Halloween episode. All of these crazy concoctions we've been making smell like <laughs> they smell uh, great, right? Like desserts or something. Yeah. They're pretty good. <laughs> I have a feel. Um, here's the thing though. I have a feeling like if I, if I drink more than one of these, I'm going to walk away with like a raging headache. Uh, possibly. So, yeah. yeah so possibly. with all the, the sugar content in this so will happen yeah so what are you what are you drinking bud? Um, i'm actually having a diet mountain dew which Ooh, is uh it's kind of like <laughs> dr pepper in the sense it tastes more like regular mountain dew you yeah know? it tastes more like regular dr pepper mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty good I'm trying to lose those last few pounds before we uh pack them back on over the holiday season yeah eating should, a bunch of meals. i really should get to that um, too but yeah yeah, I gotta, yeah. I gotta. I'm gonna. One of these days here soon, you're gonna have. You're gonna hear me talking on this on the thing, and I'm gonna have to say again, like, oh, I'm back on keto, trying to lose the weight again. I'm drinking San Pellegrino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, no, yeah, it's all good. But it we're, we're also we're in the middle of the day, whereas we usually record in the evening, and that's like when we do the drinks and everything. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm said, you know, screw it. I'm gonna have a drink. Yeah, why not? Um, well, had to do it for Roundtree, man. Awesome, but, man. Awesome. All right. Well, this is, uh, this is a this is a dude. I'm happy. To be this, here. Is, this, this is this is a, a this one. is a great this is a great episode. Halloween's man. Is such a fun holiday. It's, it's my you know, and here's here's kind of the funny story. Um, so, uh, you, you as you know, but or you know, people who listen to us not, might not know. I, I was a I was uh, raised into the Jehovah's Witness religion. Ah. I was yeah, I was a Jehovah's Witness, and if you know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, you know that like. Um, you know, there's there's no holidays, none like you know, all, all holidays are basically pagan holidays. Okay, and like they're very devout in they're like you know you can't have any holidays that have that are rooted in pagan tradition. Well, guess what? All of them are rooted in pagan tradition. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Halloween especially. Fair enough. Um, you know, like so there's no Christmas, no Halloween, stuff like that. So like during a lot of those formative years, like I didn't get to go play dress up and go door to door trick or treating and ah, stuff like okay. that. And so this is why I am now as a forty something year old man putting on these costumes and going to conventions and stuff <laughs> because I'm, I'm making up for all of all my lost trick-or-treating time as a kid you know yeah so, that makes sense yeah so uh yeah but uh yeah i'm really uh excited about the holiday season man you know halloween i i, I gotta give uh some credit to my just everybody was around when i was growing up um you know it was always kind of a big deal for us like you know spooky movies you oh, know yeah. going to get candy yeah we talked about those um Remember the Happy Meals used to come in like the the pumpkins and stuff. Oh, the, oh yeah, I think, I think they're Happy bringing Meals. those. They're bringing those back. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. People would collect them. One was a ghost. Somebody had a ghost one. Somebody had like the, a witch. The boo buckets. Yeah, boo bucket. <laughs> that's it. Um, and people would use those for candy and mm-hmm. stuff. And we do things at school. And you'd always paint something in orange and black. Of and, course. Or you yeah. make um make uh, ghost lollipops with like Tootsie Pops, and you'd put a little tissue on it and draw a little face on it. And oh, those cool. are your, your ghost pops. You don't remember doing I that? I don't remember doing that. Oh, man, that was fun for me. There's all kinds of weird arts and crafts that, you know, I don't remember. Yeah, the teachers would that, always yeah. like pull these off the back shelf for like Halloween arts and crafts and, and stuff like that. the candy, the candy, the, the hall, like when you're looking at all the candy, because, you know, 
my dad always made a joke that he would inspect it, right? Because you know you hear all these crazy stories about candy. <laughs> They're gonna put and, drugs um, in the candy. Yeah, and, and he would make a joke out of it and pretend to like take all of his favorite things, you know. But uh, it was it was kind of silly, you know. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, my aunts and uncles were always big into it. We watched, you know, Friday the Thirteenth and all that kind of stuff when we're mm-hmm. when we're um, coming up, and it was it was pretty fun, man. So Halloween's cool. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad everybody's here listening with us on this uh, this episode as we transition kind of into the the holiday. Uh, you know, spirit got, in general. We got some zombies in the house here, awesome. as you can see. Yeah, we, yeah. Zombies are always a good time. Also, also some ghosts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, yeah. So yeah, full, uh, full, full, full crew tonight, cast and crew. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you got any uh, news? I'm only. We're, I'm not going to stay on the news too much because I want to stay Halloween themed for everything. Yeah. But the only, uh, the only thing I saw in terms of news that I really wanted to report on was. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, who's going to also, he's going to get another mention later on tonight in the he show. Does. Sylvester Stallone is uh, going to be returning for a sequel to Samaritan. Now, if you don't know what Samaritan it was, I know you do. You turned me on to it. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. was Because uh, not a lot of people knew about this movie. I was just kind of flipping through uh, Prime TV one night and I saw this like superhero movie with, uh-huh. with Sylvester Stallone. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. What is this? And it's kind of like a lower budget kind of superhero movie that they did with Sylvester Stallone with, uh, with a bit of a twist. I won't tell you what it is it's good um, but it didn't like it didn't it wasn't released to theaters and i think it just kind of flew under the radar when it came out and i watched it and i was just like it's you know it's it, it, it it's not like a huge scale like you know you won't go watch the mcu movies or the right. justice league movie right. or anything like that and it's always like a universe ending or world ending type threat you know it's it's not this is a very kind of like small scale taking it back to the streets type of superhero yeah movie. i was gonna say what's the what's the term street street level hero. street level hero yeah, yeah exactly he's yeah. got some powers and stuff like that but he also oh, sure, yeah. his powers also come with a lot of uh, weaknesses as well you know yeah i remember that <clears throat> that movie and believe it or not um the the new judge dread like i think i watched them in similar uh, the, similar, the one with carl urban yeah like people were like hey man have you which, seen this which originally was stallone like yeah <laughs> which is cool. uh, and the law <laughs> uh, uh that's not the set convention i guess three mentions. Uh, yeah um but yeah that was that was kind of neat and and both of those movies were kind of interesting you know mm-hmm. kind of kind of came out of left field for me which was cool yeah, yeah the carl urban um judge Dredd, also really cool film i was like i just I, it was just a really solid kind of like dystopian future yep. Yep. uh kind of like action a little bit of, a little bit of science fiction thrown in oh, yeah action yeah. movie and it was just it was just a lot of fun i feel like we need to get to back get back to making some movies yeah, like that good movies, right mm-hmm. yeah, i love that um so i do have a couple halloween theme news okay hit me you. okay uh well we'll do that so marvel studios actually made a happy halloween trailer and they took piss pick pieces from every film and TV series and stuff that were Halloween like, like, you know, zombie doctor strange. Oh yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. They, and they made like a holiday, like, Hey, if you want to watch something, you know, Halloween themed, you got all these Marvel movies. And I thought, I thought that was cool. Like it looked pretty good. I saw that on IGN and, um, uh, what else? Another Halloween theme kind of thing is among us. The, oh yeah, the I game like we talk about. It yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a fun game. Uh, that has a new map apparently, which is cool. Okay, um, it's a video game that, that's pretty fun to play. It's pretty quick to pick up and and maybe not master, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, then I got a couple couple actual like uh, movie type things here. Apparently, Natalie Dormer has been cast as Poison Ivy in the upcoming Batman movie. Uh, now is this going to be a sequel to the? Um 
to the Robert Pattinson, the Batman, or that I do not know. Okay, um, and I thought this might have been a rumor at first, but because um, somebody did like fan art and people have been like, "Hey, she should play Poison Ivy." But um, what's the I, name of the actress? Uh, Natalie Dormer. She played somebody from House Terrell. I'm, I'm gonna look her um, in Game of Thrones. Oh, who married the? Oh, she. Yeah, son she was. Yeah, lady, became the queen for a while. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at her. Yeah, yeah now, yeah, she was uh, Lady. Uh, I know. Right? the Tyrell House, and she married. Um, Tom and Lannister. And Tom, yeah, Joffrey's brother. Joffrey's little brother, little yeah. Brother, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. She's, okay, I can see it. I can yeah, see it. Yeah, um, And uh, somebody at, at New York Comic Con actually did like a, I don't know if it's a full painting or what. I don't want to misspeak there, but did artwork with her as Poison Ivy, all green and stuff. And it was, was kind of cool, you know? Cool. Um, so that's neat. But the big one for this week mm-hmm. is Mystery Science Theater 3000, which oh, we I all used, love. I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> the creator of it is starting a crowdfunding campaign to make a 14th season. Interesting. We'll see. The, so uh, there's a little side note on Mystery Science Theater 3000. So they kind of they stopped doing MST3K like a long time ago, but mm-hmm. the, 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 the writers and actors that um, that did those, they stayed together and they started releasing riff tracks. I don't know if you're familiar with riff tracks or not. not. Oh my gosh. So they basically, they kept doing cool. mystery science. Th- it's the same premise as mystery science theater 3000, but instead of, um, you know, actually doing a show, what they would do is they would release commentary tracks and because of copyright reasons, you can't buy it with it. So you would just basically purchase the commentary track and okay. you would watch it with your movie. Ah. Now they actually started doing um, some live events and I've been to a couple of their live events and essentially like oh, they're, that's gotta be fun. they're in a, uh, they're like live cast in a theater somewhere in the country and you're watching them in a theater and you're watching this as they broadcast this live and everything. And so I think what was like the last movie I went to go see was like a couple of months ago. Well, they do this like once every like maybe really? four, to six months or something but okay. it was like called like bmx the movie or something like that bmx yeah and it, it was it was a movie from the 80s i know like Lori laughlin was in it like and, rad yeah no, rad, no that was it, it was oh, rad. rad yeah oh, rad. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah rad was any of the movie thank you um yeah so they did rap so they like they take these movies and they like they, they riff and they watch them live and so like i went I, t- cool. I took i took my girlfriend to go see it and like, and I was like, of course, I'm I'm like in stitches the entire time we're watching it, and uh, we we were leaving, and I was like, so what do you think of that? She goes, well, the movie wasn't very good, and I was like, that's <laughs> that's the point. It's not supposed to be good. Uh, yeah, I don't really remember. I remember that the, so the picture of that movie. Yeah. yeah I don't so I say all that. I say all that to say this is like MST3K never really went away. They just, just sh- changed. But now, but they're, but now they're, you said they're going back to MST3K. So like, well, they might be right. They're doing a crowdfunding campaign on a. Um, on a, a site called Showmaker. Take my money. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and they're looking to raise somewhere around $4.8 million for the, to start to get a season going. And if they make other goals, there's a couple more on there. I don't remember the monetary values, but they're going to do more, more episodes basically. Okay. Um, I, and I mean, I thought that was kind of neat. I didn't even know Showmaker was a thing that you could crowdfund a, you know, something like a, you know, like a TV show. That's cool. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. And, you know, they've definitely done silly horror movies and stuff like that. Oh, of course. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You can go back and watch some of those. They even did mystery science. They were 3000, the movie. Yeah. Which um, is, which is a great movie. Which was a classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's cool. And, th- and that's pretty much all I got, uh, this week for, uh, you know, mainstay news, but okay. 
we can move on to our main topic of conversation. All right. So, um, so we're we're switching it. We're gonna we're gonna flip the script a little bit for reviews. And usually, when we do reviews, uh, we we just we pick like one piece of media, be it a video game, a mm-hmm. book, a movie, a TV show, something like that, and we break it down. Um, we're gonna do something a little bit different this time for Halloween. Um, we're gonna be going over some of our favorite horror movies and horror based video games. Absolutely. And uh, you said you've got a list of your favorite horror based video games. So one, let's let's and, jump on that. And so we've been talking about top 10 lists and stuff like that, and we should do some. So I kind of just pulled a bunch of stuff together and some things that uh, I liked as well. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions here. Okay. So in no particular order, right? We're going to mm-hmm. talk about some Halloween games. Anything Castlevania, right off the oh, bat. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, that, yeah. That's, that goes without. Like, goes Castlevania without is like the original horror game, right? Right. Well, it might not be, but it's up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh specifically i like too. like it's you know where like it gives you the the, the day night cycle and it's like it's, it's the only thing that sucked outside. about that is because like you had to sit there and while the text screen popped up you had to wait for the yeah, absolutely the crawl yeah and um um that one had some rpg elements like we've, we've talked about I, I that one had a big effect on me but i've played the others too uh and then a lot of people mentioned symphony of the night which is legendary mm-hmm. also brought the metroidvania uh kind of thing you know, like Metroid where you go around, it's non-linear, you can pick up stuff and things like that. So both of those, that kind of gets an honorable mention. I like hmm. two. You might have a different favorite. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, oh, that's classic, see. dude. I love that. <laughs> Probably can't let it play because of no, copyrights, yeah, yeah. but yeah. But um, let's see, a favorite like horror-based game? Uh, let me think. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, favorite Castlevania game? Do you oh, have favorite a favorite Castlevania one? game? Probably Three okay, or Castlevania X for the Super nice. Nintendo because that was like one of the favorite for one. first ones where you kind of like the multi directional yeah, whip thing. Yeah, it's like um, uh, I played that on your I, emulator. 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 I'll yeah. tell you what the worst one was. What Castlevania sixty four? Really? Oh, it was so I bad. Did I play that? It was so bad. I wonder if we played that when we were younger. Um, yeah, horror, so here's the thing: when it comes to horror games. I don't I don't do very many of them. Okay. And the reason for that is like especially with some of these modern horror games, like there's a there's a real difference between watching a horror movie and playing a horror game. And the difference is like you, yeah, you play a horror game, like you are forced to interact with that world. As opposed to like if I'm watching a horror movie, I can just watch it and be detached from it. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Um so uh, in terms of like some of my favorite horror games, um I can tell you like some of the ones I played well, like they might come up on the list here. Uh, Fatal Frame was one that I played. Oh, the, the picture game. Yeah, that I was, remember that. That's you, a good. Like, that's a good. You I'm, didn't I'm have any. That. Yeah, yeah, Fatal Frame. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Was that. a pretty good one. The Suffering was like an old Xbox game from I don't back know in that the day. Um, Trying to think. Uh, yeah, I figured you'd have some different ones than me for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of like well, spitballing. Uh, well, let's let's hit number two while you're, okay. while you're thinking. So Friday the Thirteenth, the game. There's, which which one? Uh, well, that's what I was gonna do. There was a Nintendo one uh, back in the day. We're it gonna was, be all all. It was this terrible. Is, <laughs> this is a cross genre or not cross genre, but a, a cross platform list. So we're gonna have some retro, some new. But there's a new Friday Thirteenth as well, which I actually played. I've, I think I've watched the gameplay. I haven't played it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I've lost every time I played it. It's like multiplayer, and somebody's the bad guy. And mm-hmm. you, I, I hid in a bush for a while. <laughs> it's um, kind of crazy. Bramble the Mountain King that I played is 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 oh, definitely yeah. a horror game. You I told that you, took yeah. a weird turn. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. Um, one that's uh, kind of it, it's got in good memory for me is a monster party. Oh gosh, that was so cheesy. It was yeah, cheesy. Good, You're like good, good call though. Yeah, good throwback. Like a, a kid coming home from uh, you even fight a giant pumpkin in it. I think mm-hmm. um, kid coming home from like a baseball game, and then you know uh, a dragon like shows up. Yeah, and it does all stuff, and you change and stuff. Um, another a scary one that can definitely freak you out. Uh, 
and and multiple in the um, in the saga do. I, I'm gonna have to say Metroid for sure. Metroid. Uh, I mean, it's in there. I guess absolutely. possibly. Yeah, you're you're alone. You're isolated. It's everything's creepy. The music is amazing in mm-hmm. those games and Super Metroid too. Um, that you know, definitely mm-hmm. honorable mentions for those two. Uh, here's one from the uh, early PlayStation. Uh, mm-hmm. Days, Nightmare Creatures. Do you remember that? I don't remember that one. Yeah, I watched some friends play it back then, um, Brandon and and Alan, and it was kind of just a real creepy game. Three D, you know, it's when like three D games mm-hmm. started coming oh, out yeah, and, yeah. and being a thing. That was kind of cool. Um, one of my personal modern favorites is Darkest Dungeon, Darkest Dungeon Two. Okay, uh, definitely horror. For you inherit a mansion, and mm-hmm. you know you kind of go dungeon delving, and it's it's totally different take it's still turn based turn based rpg but it's uh like everything goes wrong like and your people get stressed out they can have like heart attacks and stuff it's like hilarious oh wow right? it's okay. very hard game um yeah uh i would say uh for the seventh entry here anything dungeons and dragons technically has well when you a, have that dungeon crawling element right. of it sure that, i mean that like, can even be considered like, even like parts of skyrim like you know there's there's certain parts of skyrim on also there's um there's a, uh, an expansion mod I played on Skyrim called Clockwork Castle. Cool. And the first part of it where you're going through with the dungeon, you're being stalked by this ghost is Ooh. like, it's it's definitely like more potent than most horror games that I played. Okay. Um, go ahead. A- another one that's going to be a big hit here is uh, Resident Evil. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. That one goes without saying. Uh, like that is like, that's, that's like, that's the standard for horror right. games, right? I was going to say Resident Evil 1. Um, and I played two and it, it was really cool. Um, actually I just saw somebody playing this morning, uh, a remake of, well, they, yeah, I was going to say they did resident evil two remake and, uh, I, it's gotten a lot of, too. it's gotten a lot of praise from critics. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, and so the honorable mention here would be silent Hill was kind of like along the same lines. Like yeah. you don't get a lot of stuff. It's creepy zombie monster kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, one that's on a lot of other people's lists that I, I five nights at Freddy's I have not Sorry. played. No, but okay. that's a good, that's a good addition. Mm-hmm. Um, Alien Isolation, kind of a scary. Oh yeah, you know, um, we're gonna. That's not the last time we're gonna mention aliens. Yeah, tonight. that's <laughs> that's a that's a big one. Uh, one that was um, controversial at the time, but really not. Uh, Night Trap for Sega CD. Okay, uh, where you were in the house and you tried to figure out or save the girls that were in the house or something. Night like Trap that. for Sega CD. Okay, and and because we're you know Resident Evil Isolation stuck in mansions, mm-hmm. I have to say Maniac Mansion. I forgot. Oh about that my one. gosh. You know, I, I got so frustrated with that game because, you know, I was a kid. I couldn't figure out what, what we were supposed to do. And then it spawned a sitcom, which is really weird. Neither could I. Um, I had a friend that could beat it, though. He knew exactly where to go and what to <laughs> do. And so I have seen that happen, which is cool. Um, Dark Souls. Uh, Dark Souls is, a, oh, my gosh, it's definitely a horror yeah. game. Um, uh, funny one, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that, that one was, was funny. Cool. Uh, a classic, just as impactful as Castlevania, has to be Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, and F Ghosts that and game. Goblins, right? F that game. Super hard. Oh god, super, it was super it was hard insanely game. hard, man. Zombies, your your zombies, Arthur. witches, devils, like you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was just a a great series overall and and people have their <laughs> complaints about every version of that game cuz it's like impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think on the super one you had to beat it twice cuz you could only get the final weapon on the second time through. Like, oh, it wow. was like yeah, very hard to do. Uh and then if you lost it that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple funny ones here. There's a Halloween video game from the movie for oh, okay. the Atari. 
oh, it was released in yeah, 1983. Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the. It's terrible. I mean, by today's standards, it's terrible. It was probably awesome by 1983 standards. But, but yeah, I mean, all games were awesome, right? So yeah. it was, so it was uh, ET at the time, right? Oh my gosh, um, Haunted House for Atari. You remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, one. Yeah, there's like ghosts and stuff. You can check that out. It's pretty funny. Um, and there was one uh, I played a dungeon game. It, it might have been Dark Dungeons or something like that. It okay. wasn't Darkest Dungeon, obviously, but there was another one that I played that was definitely like scary, and you went. Uh, the levels were ABC, like A through Z okay. kind of thing, instead of uh, one, two, three type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you mentioned the Fatal Frame. That's a good one. But any other, like, I, and this list is I mean, not you could keep going. We just wanted to highlight some of the, I'm some s- of the classics. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, Doom. Doom, yes. I, actually, that was, uh, in, in other people's lists, it's a highly rated one. Yeah. Doom is, you know, horror genre by itself. Oh, absolutely. You know? uh, and you could consider any 40K game that's similar, you know, yeah. like, to be that, you know, monsters and, and crazy stuff like that, which is cool. Um, yeah. Uh, is there any other big ones that, that you... Uh, it's, that's all the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Okay, party bonus. Party. But uh, nice. let's see, Dead Space. I think Dead is Space probably is on, highly rated. Yes, as well. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't want to just like scroll through the internet ones because there's just so yeah. I mean, there's, many, yeah. There's there's a lot, but those uh, video um, games. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot. Oh, there's a huge market out there for horror games. I'll tell you this. I'm not like I like I said earlier. I'm not really the uh, the uh, demographic for for that for that g- type of game because right, like i said right. like i just it, it puts me on edge it induces anxiety right, for me right, yeah, and it's yeah. not really like there's there's a couple of games that i'll take the exception to and play like i said like i sat and played through bramble which starts as like fun little fairy tale fantasy and right. takes a dark turn into horror really fast but by that point i was already invested in it so i had to finish <laughs> another lighthearted one would be louise's luigi's, luigi's mansion. mansion yeah three is what gets noted a lot mm-hmm. uh which is kind of good uh yeah, I, 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 these things would kind of stress you out. Like, yeah. So I, I totally get it. Um, and uh, they're, they're just, it's a fun genre that's not, I guess there's a lot more than I thought because I was like, yeah, there's, oh, man, there's, there's so many, man. Many there's, there's, games, and there's tons of them. And my, uh, oh, my, uh, my, my little cousin, uh, you've met her before. She's really big into playing, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, there is um, yeah, there yeah, is a game. Yeah, like she that. yeah, and it's it's online play, so like you play as either like one of the teenagers or you actually play as Leatherface. So kind of like the uh Friday the 13th. Yeah, game. it's exactly like the Friday the 13th oh, game, yeah. Cool. And yeah. she was like she was telling me all about I was like, "Oh, tell me about this game you're playing, kiddo." And she like she went on and she was telling and like she went on for like 10 minutes telling wow. me about like she's into it into it, okay. which I thought was really funny. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, there's definitely a market out there for horror games, man. That's uh It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I have to say the market's even bigger for movies. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, horror movies are like, horror movies have been around as long as, you know, as long as movies have been around. Actually, you know, some of the first stories told around the campfire were were horror stories, right? With the flashlight under your chin. Yeah, with the flashlight or even before flashlights were invented, you know, going way back when and stuff. So that it really wouldn't, it really doesn't surprise that like some of the best movies of all time are horror movies. Based on old classic yeah, based books. on old classic yeah, books or sometimes like original things so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna walk through a little bit and just uh just kind of give like a brief breakdown of some of my all-time favorite horror movies okay. now keep in mind i'm gonna jump in here when oh yeah when, yeah, yeah please please do when i get excited about yeah uh now now keep in mind when i say favorites i don't mean best well, like I, these are these aren't the best horror movies these are just my I, favorites i have to give a disclaimer a lot yeah. of my horror movie experience was back when it was fun yeah, like a lot of the modern ones, I haven't kept up with as much as some people love. Same. You know, love them. I'm, I kind of, I don't know. I just 
yeah, I'm not as into it as I used to be, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, a while, a while back, I, we talked about the Evil Dead movie. I've reviewed that one, like the right. new one. The new one. Um, and Pretty we'll, scary yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was, I mean, they went, they definitely took a step back to horror for that one. I did not see the new ones. So oh, okay. They're just, yeah, I did, but the original's classic. Yeah, right? the original's classic. We're going to get so to that. So bad that they. But, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So bad it's good. Yeah, no, exactly. And we're, we'll actually, well, I'm going to, I'm going to circle sorry, back. Around. No, it's yeah, all right. No, I'm going to circle back around to that. But um, some of my favorite horror movies all time uh i gotta start off with alien of course oh, such a great movie that, that is like yeah and it's funny because you know you know I, you know very well in case some of our listeners don't know like i uh, i host a lot of events some of those events being trivia nights mm-hmm. and i hosted a trivia night based on horror movies a couple of weeks ago cool. and some guy comes up to me and because i had asked a question about alien and he comes up to me and he says hey bro He's like, that's 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 not a horror movie, man. And I said, yeah, yeah it, is. it is. He goes, no, nah, man, it's science fiction. And I was like, science fiction lends itself to horror, man. And well, he's, yeah, I, I, I was notice. like, have you never yeah. seen Event Horizon? I, I was just gonna yeah. say, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which is which oh, that should that should have been on the list. Which is also a 40k movie, believe it or not. Oh, it's chaos and stuff. Yeah, oh, that, that, okay. that movie. There's some good breakdowns online. That's a good one. Okay, we should watch that again sometime. Right, yeah, and that, that's a great one. But um, but and body horror, Alien. Which we're gonna get into <laughs> Alien. One of my favorite horror movies, uh, you know, this uh, the uh, appearance of the alien personally is like it's unsettling. It wasn't just like a, somebody in so a rubber scary. suit, you know what I mean? It was, but it, it was, was. terrifying. <laughs> it was, but it wasn't. But it you wasn't. Know, right. Yeah, exactly. No, it, it definitely everything in that movie is very believable, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it even scarier. And yeah, and and then like the other thing is like it stand the the xenomorph, the alien, whatever stands apart from other monsters uh, from movies because like this thing doesn't want to just kill you it wants to break you down and violate you and use you absolutely to become a danger to everybody else around you right and that's and that's terrifying and it preys on like our most primal fears of being trapped in a small space with a predator which they were and uh and being physically violated like oh i've had eggs laid in my chest now i just sit here and wait to die you know yeah it's it's a a violent fashion None of it is a, a non-horrible experience in that yeah. movie. You know that whole world is just uh, or universe is pretty dark. You know, yeah. Uh, and the crossovers aside, right? You crossovers aside, stuff, yeah. But it's very the first movie is very much hor- the final girl, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's like such a trope now in movies and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of famous horror movies. You know, it's like it's a a heroine that ends up saving the day at the end of the day or winning. I don't know. I don't. Can you, do you really yeah. win? Like you just escape? I don't know. The yeah. horror movies are crazy, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a classic film and there's so many reasons we love it. Uh, so many reasons we love the sequel cause it's still scary. Yeah. And, and I have to say it's, 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 it's a great film. We're going to do a full review of it at some oh, point. Oh yeah. That, yeah, for sure. Um, We'd have yeah. to, right? Yes. Um, another one of my all time favorites, 2017's Get Out by George, by Jordan Peele. You know, I just heard about this. Oh my, have you, dude, this movie. So this movie is, uh, it, it's funny because you, you find out like, this was like Jordan Peele's like first like big movie. Okay. But when you hear like Jordan Peele, you mean like, you're like thinking the key and Peele guy? Like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. with the comedy sketches, like yeah. the, you done messed up AA Ron guy, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but if you've never seen it, um, it's a masterwork of a psychological thriller. Like okay. it is unnerving and disturbing on like the deepest, deepest levels. And, um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it since you haven't seen it. Um, and a lot of people have seen it. So I'm going to try to like talk about, um, what makes this movie so scary, um, and good without spoiling anything. But like, um, what, the, what the protagonist faces in that movie isn't death. I mean, it is, but it isn't like it's, <coughs> 
Excuse me. It's a it's a fate worse than death. Ugh. Like the bad guys in this movie don't necessarily want to kill you. They want to take everything you are and become it. And that doesn't really Ooh. make sense until you've seen okay. the movie. Um, but imagine, imagine being me. locked in a prison of your own existence where you can only view the outside world as a spectator and somebody else takes over your, oh, your body and your life. Idea. Like, yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, that's the premise behind the movie. And I, and I, and I, I fear I might've said too much, but by all means, like if you've never seen uh get out, like definitely go watch that that's one. That's cool. Yeah. That, that actually came up on quite a few lists. Yeah. Well, pretty, pretty highly rated. It's one of my favorites. I mean, and it's, and it's disturbing and I don't want to go back and watch it unless I'm like in the headset to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Um, another one of my all time favorite movies, Red Dragon. Red Dragon is that the prequel to? Yep, Silence of, Silence the, Lambs. of the Lambs. Yeah, I and can like see why that's scary. Well, in yeah. si Silence of the Lambs was huge when it came out in 1992. It swept the and Oscars. Some people may say that's like a psychological thriller type yeah. thing, but definitely scary. Yeah, and, definitely and, and horror vibes. Um, but it, Red Dragon, um, I think when it came out, I want to say like 2002 or three. So this is actually like 10 years after Silence of the Lambs, and by this point, we had already had uh, Hannibal, the sequel, and a lot mm -hmm. of people kind of soured on Hannibal. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually, I could be honest, I, I didn't really care much for Hannibal either. Um, but Some the prequel, should, and yeah. and this is my personal opinion, better than the original Silence wow. of the Lambs. I don't, have you seen Red Dragon? I have seen all three of those. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, Ray Fiennes, Ed Norton are amazing. And Ray Fiennes played something else iconic, right? Uh, he was Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. But he's also the killer in yeah. this movie. He was scary in, he's, in all of those. <laughs> he's, he's like, it, it, it's like the layers that he plays as the Tooth Fairy or the Red Dragon, depending on mm -hmm. if you ask him or the tabloids in the movie, basically. Okay. But the layers that he plays, like, he's he's got, like, so many, he's, he's this dark, sadistic, strong, calculating serial killer on one level, and then on another level, he's this... He he like shifts back into being this little boy that was abused, and it's oh, like, and wow. he's like, yeah. and he's like, and he switches back and forth like so quickly, and his his performance is just absolutely phenomenal. Wow. And I think like for all, and then of course you have Edward Norton who uh, has has a wonderful story arc throughout the whole thing, and this leads into the start of Silence of the Lambs. So there's another movie that actually ties into the prequel of that, like an older really? movie, and I don't know if it was well. There was um, there was Man, no, not Man, Man Hunters, Hunter? no, no, was it uh, Manhunter? I don't uh, remember. It might what have been Manhunter. I think the name. I think the name of the book was Manhunter, okay. not not Red Dragon. But they had made um, they had made that movie years, years prior yeah, with years Brian ago. Cox, who you might remember was the police chief on Super Troopers. He was really he was Hannibal Lecter in that movie. Oh wow! Yeah. So this yeah, was crazy. this was before they made yeah. Silence of Sorry, the Lambs. Sorry, I, I know we're going off on a tangent. No, that's okay. Point. Yeah, definitely scary movies all around. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was uh, yeah. But um, yeah, actually, and Manhunter didn't really do all that well. And so when they made the movie Red Dragon, another the second movie based on that book, mm -hmm. they changed the name of it to kind of set it apart from okay, yeah from that other movie. Interesting. Um, the next movie on my list is. Um, now, here's the thing, and I, I have to put this one in there as a disclaimer, because remember, I'm saying my favorite, not the best. Right. And uh, this is uh, this next movie from like my favorite horror movies is definitely something that, listen, it doesn't it doesn't hold up today. Like you go okay. back if you go back and watch it, like it doesn't hold up today. But if you were there in 1999 when this movie Damn. came out, 
this thing was amazing. And I'm talking about the Blair Witch Project. Ah, so, yes. So, like I said, Blair now, Witch like, Project. you go back and watch it now, like, it's... It's campy and it's, silly. It's campy and silly. But the thing about it is, like, so this came out in, like, 1999. It was the early days of the internet, right? I remember that. And we were duped in the best possible I way think. into thinking and believing that everything we were watching was because real. They did not hype it up very much. Well, they no, they they hyped it up a lot, well, but it was okay. the, it was the way they did it. They didn't give anything away. I guess is the way to say it, right? Right. Um, I saw some interviews with the actress uh, right after Heather that. Donahue. Yeah, yeah, and that she was on like you know the Tonight Show or something, mm-hmm. and they, she was like, "Yeah, dude, even for us, it was weird." Like, yeah, well, it was weird because like, we're like, doing what? <laughs> yeah, because well, they 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 made all of us believe that this wasn't a movie. This was a this was a legit found footage documentary right. and the story was is that 1994 three students went out into the woods to film this documentary mm-hmm. and like two years later their footage was found right. now of course you know we we didn't know any of this was was fake at the time and like we couldn't we didn't have like the means to go in and investigate this stuff it so was what like a we mystery. did like, it was a mystery yeah. and we went to and if you went to the website apparently like they found it and they, like the whole marketing campaign was de- de- devoted to like following like the police footprints and these police reports and oh. uh, investigating the disappearance of these college students, including like uh, newspaper clippings, police reports, statements from the characters, families, that a, kind of thing. A lot like what they did with the Cloverfield series. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like but the different, yeah. Stuff. But with the Cloverfield f- series, we knew it was all a work of fiction. Right. Like I, I remember like I was a teenager when this came out and I went out and I bought the soundtrack to this movie. Yes, the Blair Witch Project had a soundtrack. I and did not how, know that. And the way they made it a soundtrack was, it was a CD, and they said it was Josh's, uh, Josh was the guy who was driving, <laughs> oh my the first one to disappear. It was a mixtape that they found in his car, and they made that into the thing. So, so it's just like another yeah. layer. So of yeah. So yeah. like, so just remember like, a lot of people who say like, the Blair Witch Project sucks. I'm like, yes, it does, but <laughs> if, if you watch it, if you watch it now, believing fully and completely yeah, it, that this really happened, you're like, whoa. Yeah. And so that is like why, like, cause I still have the well, memory of seeing that. And it, it's, it didn't spark. There's other found footage movies. Uh, for example, there's a, a Vietnam one, 84 Charlie Mopic, right? Where it's mm-hmm. all like a, a first person out of a camcorder type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely reignited that genre. If not, you know, shot it into the moon because now we have paranormal activity. We've got a bunch of other movies, uh, you know, with that feeling, that vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even the first Cloverfield, in fact, yeah, yeah. Yeah. First Cloverfield was, was a found footage movie too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they this was, did, this uh, was the one that, this is the one that all the other found footage movies wanted to, I'm going to wanted to be like, I'm probably going to skip ahead. Cause we're going to mention it. I'm sure. But, um, there was a found footage, uh, George a Romero, movie as well I, we will yeah. touch on romero yeah. here in this yeah. list but yeah um that was diary of the dead yes i think yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um the other uh, the next one and this one uh, this one's kind of loosely a horror movie loosely okay but i i count it i count it as a horror movie and that's and this is the first of the series that i actually saw which was army of darkness ah classic now army of darkness man this this movie is campy it's cheesy it's 
But damn it, it's fun, man. Can, can I also, Bubba Hotep is on some of these lists that you see on the internet. Oh, yeah, which, I, is another I, which, Bruce Campbell which I had movie. you watch not too long I, ago. I thought that was ironic. <laughs> I was like, I didn't really think about it as a horror movie, even though it's 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 uh, the best movie that has both JFK and Elvis in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It definitely um, is. Uh, dude, uh, Army of Darkness is a great film. Um, um, it's it's such a well, it's, cult classic yeah. within our group of friends as mm-hmm. well. Well, it's funny when you when you think of like how that movie came to be was, you know, you, you had the first Evil Dead movie, which uh, Sam Raimi definitely tried to make that mm-hmm. a horror movie. Very much so. Uh, and then in Evil Dead, I mean, but it was really campy, right? It was. And it was Evil Dead so. 2, they kind of leaned into the silliness a little bit. Well, Evil you know? Dead 2 is really a remake of Evil Dead 1. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, but they just, they just, that's where, that's where, you know. Old Briscoe County Jr. Like that's oh, yeah. where I remember him Bruce from. Campbell, right? man. Bruce Campbell like became Bruce Campbell in my eyes. Yeah. You know? um, but I think by the time they got to the premise for Army of Darkness, where they're like, "All right, let's take Ash Williams, played by Bruce Campbell, shoot him back in time to the Middle Ages, and have him fight zombies." Like that premise itself was just so silly <coughs> that is. they just they, they just injected so much well, humor and like. Bruce Campbell is just iconic in that film, right? I can't recall that. I don't know if Deathstalker or what. There was other movies where they time traveled into like medieval things like that. <laughs> so it was like it was something that had already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some of the Beastmasters messed with it, where they came to Earth. And, you know, like, <laughs> Beastmaster Three, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it was a great film. It was hilarious. It it, it it's got the Dungeons and Dragons vibes. Yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. Willow style stuff. You know, like it's it kind of kind of pulls a lot of it's cross genre movie because it's a comedy as well it's, it's a comedy Absolutely. it's it's science fiction it's horror yeah, you know it, it's it's, it's action yeah it's it's all of those things and i mean it's and a love story it's it's a very cheesy love story <laughs> yeah. but yes it's a love story shop smart and then um and and then of course uh you know as kind of like if army of darkness actually has any sort of sequel it exists as the evil dead TV series starring Bruce Campbell. And I don't know if you ever... Oh, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Ash versus the Evil Dead, which was fun. It was was, hilarious. It was fun. I mean, and Ash, and of course, Bruce Campbell was a little bit too old for the role, but they actually played into that. Yeah. They played into the fact that he was too old to be doing this, you know? I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but I I watched enough of it. I watched... uh, Yeah, I watched it. It was was pretty good. Plus, you have Lucy Lawless in there. Lucy Lawless is just amazing. That's awesome, man. Uh, Next one uh, I have on the... We'll we'll get through all of them, I promise. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one I have on this one is the Joss Whedon 2011 Cabin in the Woods. Uh, I remember the the cover for that or the poster for that movie. For it was sure. it was it was definitely something that flew under the radar, but it was it was a great horror movie. Okay. Um, now this movie took all of the horror tropes that exist and put them into a blender, mm-hmm. and what we got was like this awesome homage to the horror films, and it suggests that there's this cabin in the woods where all of these horror movies have taken place. So like, you know, it's it's kind of like in a world outside of worlds, basically, where um like Evil Dead would have happened in this cabin in the woods. And like any other like movie where teenagers go to a cabin in the woods, because there's a lot of them, um, all, they all happened at this specific cabin in the woods. Okay. The tropes and the tropes are randomly selected uh and the teens are chosen based on their type. So you have like the jock the promiscuous girl, okay. the nerd, the stoner—you know yeah. those, those those types of people. Um, I don't want to. I don't oh, want to give. I don't want to give it away. Give don't, away don't, too yeah, much, don't but give it away. but it's it's uh, it's, it's uh, definitely way. something that turns just takes the entire genre. They know what they're making, and they just kind of flip it on its side, and cool. it's it's a lot of fun. That, yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
my next uh, I only got a, I only got a couple more here. Okay. Uh, the next one is I'm gonna put um, these two movies together in a category because they are both the what I call the Romero remakes. Okay. Um, the 1990 Night of the Living Dead, mm -hmm. which was a, a remake, remake of the, of the 1960, and the 2003 Zack Snyder's version of Dawn, Dawn of, the of the Dead. Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very and, good. And the the 1990 Night of the Living Dead movie uh, was kind of like my introduction to the zombie genre. And um, that version of it was actually, believe, uh, some people don't know this, was directed by Tom Savini, who was known for his makeup production in George A. Romero's uh, films. And he was in the original Dawn of the Re uh, Dawn of the Dead remake as well. Also, he was in From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. So he's done a lot of stuff, but he directed that version of it and, you know, tried to make it. I mean, he was very close with Romero. Okay. And Romero was still around when this movie came out, too. Right, so, right. Um, but yeah, he just basically tried to pay tribute to that. Cool. And I remember going to see um, the 2003 Dawn of the Dead remake in theaters. It scared the shit out of me, man. That was like unnerving. And uh, I think for, you know, so I, I, you know, I say this every time we talk about, yeah. about his works that the, you know, the zombies are almost the backdrop and it, it's, they're very, um, they're not, I don't controversial is not the right thing, but they, they, they play on modern politics. They, they, mm -hmm. they, they address social issues. Like, yeah, they're very deep movies actually. I mean, uh, it's a zombie movie. Yeah. It's silly. Well, yeah, but Dawn you can the watch Dead it on a couple that, levels. Like, with mindless consumerism was right. kind of like the point they were making by yeah. setting it in a mall. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it was, it's interesting. Cause that's always been a trope of all those to include like the walking dead and stuff too. Yeah. You know, um, very, very, very talented director. Um, and wow, what a great series of movies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he had, I think we talked about this on an earlier show, didn't we? We did. Yeah. We actually talked about these all recently. Yeah. Um, maybe even the last episode. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a classic for sure, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the Romero remakes, and those are the things that actually got me interested in the Romero film. So that's what you introduced me to that. The get up, come on, get down with the sickness. That, oh yeah, the Richard that, Cheese, yeah. come on, get up. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, that was great. That dude, uh, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, but and because of that, I actually went back and watched the Romero films. And then when in 2005, when like Romero returned to make Land of the Dead with mm -hmm. John Leguizamo and Dem yep. Dennis Hopper, like I was super into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That definitely, yeah, it, it kind of reignited that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up on the list is, is another zombie movie, but a very different zombie movie. This one was 28 Days Later. I thought that was an interesting film. Um, um, another scary, the fast zombie. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing—they're a different type of zombie, right? Like yeah. they're not—they're not undead. They're—they're they're living, but they're afflicted with this mind parasite, which they've uh, referred to as the rage. The rage, and yeah, uh, right. which is like highly contagious and, and also the, the the tiny bit of body horror there with getting the juice on you and yeah like all that stuff yeah, yeah. exactly but uh it's icky yeah exactly yeah. but uh, a couple of things that like left um left an impression on me was um, like resident evil style kind of yeah but like there's there's a lot of post-apocalypse movies out there but with this one like you really feel like it was the, stressful well you feel the weight of the world building in this like post-apocalypse world. Yep. And I know there's like one scene with like a very um, iconic soundtrack. The They have like a great soundtrack and they're playing like the theme to it as Jim played by Killian Murphy, like walks out into the streets. And like, I think he, he's been in a coma for like 28 days. Yep. And, um, and basically all hell broke loose. 
which is kind of a zombie trope at this point. Like somebody wakes up and like the world ended. Right. Um, but I remember it's like he sees the message board of like people trying to locate other people. He sees, uh, you know, people who died in their cars. And when he goes home, um, he I remember and this is like the thing that really stuck with me was like he finds his parents laying in bed together where they, they intentionally like OD'd on sleeping oh, pills and stuff like that. that. And they had left a note to him like, you know, with endless love, we left you sleeping. Now we're sleeping with you. Don't wake up, you wow. know? And I mean, and like when I, I think about that and he's just like walking out into this like wasteland, it's not even a wasteland. It's just a, a barren city with nothing in it. Yeah. That's creepy. Um, yeah. And I mean, so that movie, and then of course in the end, like they, you know, they make a statement with it. Um, where like Jim just completely descends into darkness, not being infected, just descends into darkness and goes on this killing rampage of these other people that came to like uh, murder, grape. I don't like to say the other yeah, word yeah. on on that's a, yeah, yeah grape and everything, but like it's it just really says something about like how how quickly we as humans devolve into darkness once you know the, yeah. the layers of society are shed away you know it's, it's, yeah that's scary and that's one of the things in zombie movies is scary the people are just as scary the people as the are zombie. yeah actually the yeah. people are arguably more scary than right. the zombies absolutely um and then i'm, I'm going to finish this list with um the first insidious movie Okay. Um, and wow, just it's an interesting list. Yeah. Uh, like, like, yeah, I was, I didn't want to, I mean, I could have gone with like all the classics, like, you know, Exorcist and Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like yeah, that. But yeah. I really kind of wanted to go with some of my, my favorite ones. And uh, the first Insidious, I think is going to probably like, the story was pretty good, but mostly for me, it was just the visuals were just unnerving in that movie. Like just, just still puts me on edge to this day. And when you sit like in the, the, the red demon in the movie, that was like the main antagonist. And so like him in his like little workshop, listening to like tiny Tim's tiptoe through the tulips as he's like sharpening his blades and stuff like that. Okay. Just, uh, have you seen it? I have not. Oh my gosh. No. I got it about the time. Um, when when the remake of Night of the Living Dead and all that stuff came out, mm -hmm. I kind of got out of all that stuff. Like okay, probably probably the last. Well, you were in the military at the time, so you didn't have a lot of time yeah. for movies. But just know? my group of friends and stuff that were into it, I kind of you know there's mm -hmm. some classics that I like, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but that's um, you know I, I I could probably go on and on and on, but I've got those a are couple. Like, you got a couple? Yeah, yeah, hit me. Yeah. Um, so so Halloweeny movies that are great and horror movies in their own right. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a classic Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters too, right? It's got ghosts and zombies and all stuff. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's the first one's just such a phenomenal. I mean, film, that's yeah. a classic. Yeah. Uh, okay, another one, Jaws, bro. Oh yeah, Jaws is a great movie. Uh, scary don't see the monster very often very alien like you know it's almost. funny because the, the 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 shark that they used in jaws wasn't was like by the time you see it you're like you're like oh is that it you yeah, know what yeah. i mean but it's it's what you don't see it's it's you know big I mean? it's menacing it's scary yeah, like you fear of the unknown yeah right? like it's fear of the unknown that that's our yeah. primal fear and that movie taps into that and you know it was just it's also it's also man versus man man versus nature yeah man versus self you know it's yeah. like all those things too uh which is just a great film uh, like I say, if you want to have a good day, pour yourself a glass of bourbon and watch Jaws. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, another one that's a classic. I was going to mention Night of the Living Dead, of course. Uh, the Fly. Oh, are, are you Jeff referring Goldblum to? I was going to say Gina the original Davis. or the remake. They yeah. did remake it. I think a couple the 90s, of times, right? right? Yeah, I think yeah, maybe a couple of times. But uh, the original man for me, like that's that's body horror. Oh yeah, scary. That and, he's um, like watching. He's watching this like complete breakdown of his physiology take right. place and chronicling it. And I just remember the scene where. Uh, he's completely transformed. Gina Davis comes in with the shotgun 
and he takes the barrel of the shotgun and j- he can't talk anymore at that point and just puts it on fly. his head. Yeah, yeah, he just he just puts the barrel on his yeah. head like just please do it. And and how that happens is such an interesting, you know, science movie, science fiction and stuff like that yeah. too. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, the 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 the, the mad scientist experiment goes around. Oh, yeah, of course, thing, yeah. yeah. Uh I I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I even though it's an old movie. Um we'll probably review that at some point. Um another Two really good classics. Uh, maybe, actually, you know what? I, I, I'm going to mention Beetlejuice right here. Oh, yeah. I love Beetlejuice. He's the ghost with the most. Of course. Babe. <laughs> you know, like, uh, he's hilarious. Um, and Michael Keaton, you know, uh, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I'm going to say, you know, Friday 13th series has always been a big one. We, we watched them growing up, and, and that was cool. Um, the third one I have on Blu-ray somewhere. It was in 3D, actually. Yeah. So I kind of got to mention that. Like, And I've watched it in 3D. And it was cool. It's the red and blue glasses, you know? Yeah. But like, I watch it on a big, big screen TV and like the curtains in the beginning, like fly out, like nice, into the room. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. It's like, it's actually pretty well done, um, which was always a, a, kind of a neat thing to me. And then um, I'll, I'll leave you with another happy thought of sure. a classic movie that I love to death. And that's The Burbs. <laughs> creepy neighbors yeah creepy neighborhood you i know you love the birds funny man. stuff happening that the interactions between the characters are absolutely hilarious it's a comedy carrie fisher's in it tom mm-hmm. hanks Corey feldman bruce dern i mean like it's just crazy the guy who plays art oh i can't remember his name right now he was in ghostbuster or he was in Die Hard even too um for a second uh i can't remember that who's in ghostbusters right and Die Hard. uh uh he he always plays like the worker on the street in those movies you know it's like he okay. shuts down the power grid and oh Die yeah that Hard. guy yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Peck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. William uh, Peck I think the character's name is and uh, he's Did you ever see the whole write up about how like William Peck wasn't really the bad guy there like Peter Venkman was kind of the dick in that scenario oh yeah <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's great um, yeah and it's kind of uh, you know you're you're put in a situation where you live on a cul-de-sac and he's kind of going to deal with it right and then his neighbors end up being crazy mm-hmm. bad guys you know kind of thing. Uh, and, and that's, it's a funny movie. Uh, definitely. And uh, that's kind of where I, there's a million of these movies out there. Oh, sure. And we have not mentioned everybody's favorite or probably anybody's favorite for that matter. <laughs> uh, you know, cause you got Dracula, you got all these other, things uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula was a great, it was one. a great film and all the Nosferatu, war, the old school. movies. Yeah. The, Last voyage of the demeanor, the which kind of ties in with that, which did. we talked about yeah, a while ago. It did. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's cool, man. So horror movies are a huge part of, of the movie business and just really. pop culture in general which is what and we talk about here. right because i mean how many jason costumes did you see at, at dragon oh, Con? Like, so, so yeah. many like and it's something that uh where i'm just like oh it's jason cool you know whatever it's also like and nightmare on Elm street was also a great movie it was super scary johnny depp you know all that stuff in the in the first one um and and of course you can mention um psycho and all those other things and and, and halloween right the scream mm-hmm. queen type things and <laughs> yeah sure there's scream and a billion other movies too uh but yeah like you see these costumes and stuff and people are really into makeup and effects especially are mm-hmm. like a lot of them are really in a horror genre because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into that that you don't really notice you're like oh jason's just a guy in a ski mask but you look at those costumes they're actually pretty detailed and stuff mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting um but yeah there's there's people are big fans of that yeah genre. And then in Tis the Season, man. Yeah, yeah. Halloween, lots of Halloween costumes. Pretty wild. This is uh this this has been a fun uh bruise news and reviews segment, man. Yeah, I enjoyed absolutely. that. But you wanna You wanna go ahead and uh move to some Halloween type comic books? Uh definitely. definitely. All right, we let's check in with the old comic book. Let's check in with Comic Man then. Comic Man from Watson Moore. He's got more books than a comic store. From X-Men to Fantastic Four, 
Base wrap on the line. What's up, Comic Man? Not a whole lot. What's going on, guys? Uh, not much, man. We're just uh, enjoying the spooky season. Yeah, the Halloween special. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you? What's What's good for you today, man? You guys, uh, you and the family, getting into anything fun for Halloween this year? Uh, well, we have a little event at uh, Alex's school, uh, the elementary school. Do like a little trunk or treat on Saturday. Cool. Where they, you know, they have parents like bring by their cars and they open. They have like little like you know little game set up a little like you no know, treat stand set up for the kids because they don't do halloween in the schools anymore because god forbid they oh, have fun in the actual <laughs> schools <laughs> so, no can't you know. can't have that halloween it's is the is. devil <laughs> well great well uh, we wanted to would call you in and talk comic books with you again like we normally do but instead of saying like hey what's good on the shelves this week we're gonna stick with the halloween special theme that we're doing right now and uh Give us give us a, a talk about like Keith and I just kind of discussed some of our favorite horror movies for the season. So, in the world of comic books, what are some of uh, your favorite, most highly recommended, spooky comic books that kind of fit in with the season? I, you know, it's it's fun because like you know, it's, it's a it's a good question because like horror movies like one of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. And I even got the kids into them. Cause I remember being like 10 years old and my dad taking me opening night to see new Elm street and Halloween and Friday the 13th movies, which <laughs> probably explains oodles about me, <laughs> but you know, the, the kids are enjoying it. I mean, you know, Alex is nine. Like he loves scream. You know, he loves the conjuring movies. Anna likes those. She's watched all the, uh, the Mike Flanagan Netflix stuff with me and the classic right slashers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually the first year Lex is going to watch the original Halloween and it's going to be Ooh. on Halloween for the first time. Oh. That's, a, that's a tradition that I've done in my household. Since I was a kid, I watch it. Anna's been allowed the last few years because she's a little older. She's 14. Mm-hmm. But now it's open to Alex for the first time. So it's this rite of, fun, rite of passage fun that he's going to go and that my wife's going to yell at me about. Oh, of like, course. Oh, I, that's my job <laughs> as the dad to do that. Well, that <laughs> right, of course. Exciting yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's funny because I've never been a, a big fan of like horror comics, like like the old creep shows and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I, was, I was always drawn more to like the superhero side of things. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I, I can't find anything really scary in horror movies these days. And I loved Sinister. I, I, was, I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated The Babadook and Hereditary with a passion. Um, <laughs> I find those highly overrated. I've never wanted to punch kids as hard as I did watching the movies. <laughs> um, not the actors. I must, I must right, stress, right. not the actors themselves, the characters they played. But it was like I was rooting for the bad guys the whole movie. I, was, <laughs> I just couldn't stand either of those characters. But okay. um you know, like I've come across like more horror stuff in comics in recent years because Image Comics was kind of like an offshoot from like the the mainstream DC and and Marvel, and they had their own superhero stuff. That's all they did for the longest time was superhero stuff, Young Blood, Spawn, all those things. And uh, right. the big two were usually stuff like your Elseworld stuff. Everything was pretty much an alternate universe type story where it was mostly everyone's a vampire, everyone's a zombie. Oh, of course. Sometimes there's a ghost of a character who's dead that like you no know, comes to visit. You know, it's, it's the usual like you no know, kind of boring things, outside of like Halloween themed stories like Long Halloween from uh, from Batman's. Right, I, I was going to ask you about that one. Gotham by Gaslight, one of the very first Elseworld stories. You know, it takes place during like a Jack the Ripper type deal. Mm-hmm. But I found that in recent years, um, I think they've realized this kind of like lack of that, and Marvel really did a good job the last couple of years with um the body horror aspect of horror with the hulk Ooh. and al ewing's immortal hulk mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys have heard anything about that one i know i've heard of it i have not read it 
I'm not familiar. I always thought like well, it's, it was it was Al, Al Ewing's. He's kind of like one of those like it's it's funny because like he's a he's a very talented writer, very very. He cares very deeply about the lore. He like really goes deep. He goes these deep dives and he pulls his characters out. Okay. But usually winds up on books that get canceled in like a year or two. And uh, it's not because he's he's not a good writer. It's just it's just the concepts he comes up with sometimes just don't resonate with like mainstream audiences. But his Hulk run ran 50 issues, hmm. and it really took up concepts that have been around for a while, but it was made really popular during the MCU's um, version of the Hulk, like when Mark Ruffalo was like. I tried to kill myself. You know, I tried to, mm-hmm. you know, to swallow uh, a bullet and the big guy spit it back. Right. Yeah. So which is really dark. That the Hulk cannot die. Mm-hmm. That's wild. So this one has like a like, dark story where the Hulk and like anything that's gamma power, like any of the gamma powered heroes and villains from the leader to the abomination, all these things, mm-hmm. they're tied to this thing called the place below, which is essentially hell. There's a door there, a revolving door that essentially allows them to come back, but can also allow darker things to escape. And the imagery that's that's in it with Joe Bennett on the art for the most of the run is very um, Cronenberg, the fly, the body horror, the twisted body. I was going to say, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about the fly a little bit myself. earlier. So it was a really cool, uh, you know, really cool play on the body horror imagery, and that was like mainstream Hulk, and um, it was it was definitely right now. Um, the I mentioned the, the new Hulk writer isn't doing the same thing, but he is still playing with like there's these like ancient creatures cthulhu type creatures that are like you know from the, that that are the original what the hulk's essence essentially pretty much may have come from back mm-hmm. in like okay. the beginning of time oh. and, uh, they're yeah they, they, they're like so that they hint it's like kind of like a uh, the hulk is like kind of a spiritual being that has like attached itself to bruce banner is that kind of the idea yeah it's almost like a manifestation of like pure rage and just like unbridled like you know trauma that has just become this thing rather than the simple well, I say simple, but like, you know, hit by a gamma bomb and become a big guy. Right, know, exactly. Sort of Very 1950s but, you know, kind it's, of it's, story. It's a, it's a really cool thing. You know, it's, it's, there's obviously like Sandman, you know, a lot of people would, would bring to mind. I, I see that less horror and more of like a fantasy horror at the most. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's got like it's different interpretations of various mythologies. Mm-hmm. The same for its like tie-in books like Lucifer that followed it up because it's 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 got horror elements but it's still framed in a very fantasy type way mm-hmm. where right. it's really playing with like different interpretations of like I don't know say fairy tales or stories you would see in in, in the Bible or in other religious texts right but um in image comics I'd say that you'd have to go with witches. Ooh, which is okay. about seven years late, I think, in its second volume. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's ever going to finish, unfortunately, but it's uh, Scott Snyder, who's written things like American Vampire. Um, he wrote Batman for a long time. He's written a lot of other things. Okay. And this uh, artist called Jock, it's the only name he goes by. Mm-hmm. A Jock. town that owes like Madonna in it to bartering <laughs> with these witches. Right. And sometimes these witches kind of make people turn on each other and break promises or compete Ooh. for things in, in counterman deals. It reminds me a lot of um, Stephen King's Needful Things, mm. where like everybody's making a deal and they think it's like a barter system going on, and like you know you you make a deal for this, but that person's made a deal for that, and they're at odds, and the person that's making the deals is like, oh well, you guys figure it out yourself. That's what you need to do. And that's mm. kind of how witches run. Yeah, and it's uh, so that one's a lot of fun. Very Faustian. But almost, it, uh, yeah. it was supposed to be an annual thing coming out every um, Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like seven, eight years ago, the last time they did that. Okay. And, um, wow. 
we'd seen a bunch of previews. Witches is coming soon. It's not. It's just not happening. Okay. One thing I wanted to ask you, because I saw this on on. HBO Max, or I think it's just Max now, streaming service. And, you know, of course, that has all the DC stuff on there. But I came across a really interesting uh, film there, uh, animated movie that was based on um, a Batman three-part series from, like, over 20 years ago, which was uh, The Doom That Came to Gotham. And uh, it's very, like, it ties in, like, it's an, it's an Elseworlds, like, 1920s Batman kind of tied in very heavily with, like, the Cthulhu mythos. And, like, you see, like, a lot of um, alternate versions of, like, uh, Green Arrow, Two-Face, Ra's al Ghul uh, characters kind of, like, repainted in this uh, Lovecraftian horror kind of uh, kind of paint, I guess you could call it. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Did you ever uh, Did you ever read that one back when it came out? Yeah, that was back like in early like 2000, 2001. That was um, Mike Mignola who did Hellboy. <laughs> of course you and, know that. Uh, of course you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like the 19, it's like the 1920s. Like, you know, like, and he's, you know, it, they, I, I haven't watched the movie yet. Um, mm-hmm. I hear it. I know that my daughter has, you know, Anna loved it. Okay. She, she loves all the Batman animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's definitely a lot of very Cthulhu influence in it. You know, it's, it's Batman in the twenties, you know, he's going against, you know, the supernatural, which is a little bit outside of his usual purview. Yeah, totally. Even in the comics where he's like, well, they also have like gods and all these things. He's still like, yeah, I don't believe in that. Well, they have like justice league dark <laughs> like, with really? Batman. Right. So, I mean, that kind of ties like 18 gods and like 35. <laughs> magic. Like, yeah. That stuff's bullshit. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I mean, they have D- justice league dark with like John Constantine and some of those characters. Yeah, I mean, so he, yeah, so he contains a comic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, 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 it's funny because it's, because that's, that's what I mean about the, the, like the mainstream, like, like the, the DC and the, and the Marvel don't really like lean into it as much because they're so beholden to the rest of the, Right. The continuity and stuff like that, where Image has all these little creator creator owns little little niches that niches that are just like they're just there, like they don't have to tie into everything else. Like Outcast by Robert Kirkman, who's obviously you know the horror survival <laughs> staple, uh, Walking Dead. Right. That he that he pans. Nice. Years. Yeah. Oh, there's that had like these boring like pseudo alien god forms possessing people, representing darkness, and some people being able to wield the powers of their antithesis and these beings of light, you hmm. know, like things like that. But he didn't have to worry right. about how that fit into his own uh, Walking Dead because it was completely separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's why we have these Batman stories, these Elseworlds stories where it's just like the same guys, but like now they're in the 20s, now they're in the 40s, now they're in this time, yeah. stuff like well, that. Well, I mean, so I, I think I, there's... I kind of, I, I read some of them, but I, I, I tended to stray more towards things like Image's recent Silver Coin. It was, a, it was an anthology comic that had a cursed coin that factored into every story. So they weren't necessarily connected in the way a run of Superman or Spider-Man would be, but mm-hmm. like the coin was a through line that was used as the inciting action for stories that were like hauntings to serial arsonists to killers, all beginning from like wishes gone wrong and desires gone wrong and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's uh, it's it's interesting though. It's interesting to see like how horror comics are really having more of a life in the big comics in things like Image mm-hmm. with a uh, Dark Ride I've mentioned before, which is a you know it's it's by Josh Williamson. It's a horror themed amusement park that was basically created due to this deal this man made with some dark forces, and it's wildly successful. It requires some sacrifices to keep it running, wow. and his grown children now are starting to find out the truth, and they're at odds at what to do whether it's okay 
uh, you know, what, how do we do as things are being revealed? But um, manga tends to handle it a lot better. And mm -hmm. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Junji Ito's um, Uzumaki Spiral. Mm -hmm. That's one of the quintessential horror mangas that's like, of, of, especially of like Japanese horror. This is like before the oh, rain, yeah. before all those things. Those are this was those like movies are all super classic. If you yeah. like look at like anything about Japanese you know, manga horror right. and stuff like that, this is going to be at the top of well, like almost everybody's list. And it seems to be. I mean, and, and I think like all these like spiral type patterns appearing all over this town, and no one knows why, but it's slowly starts affecting the people, and they start becoming twisted, almost like as they're like staring into like they're following the like the trail of the spiral on the side of a snail. And their bodies become twisted with the entire like you know curvature of it. Okay. And they become these like snail like. I don't know, like they, you don't even know what to describe them as, but they're deformed, they're mad, they're crazy, and it's, it's spreading to the entire town. There's no way to stop it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Scared the crap out of Anna when she first read it when she was like ten, mm -hmm. and she still won't go back to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't, one time and they're they're good. I don't think I want to read that. That's scary. <laughs> Well, it's funny because it's not, it's not so much scary as it's just like for her, it was like it unsettling, was right? Because like, Jun, you know, Junji Ito is also did like, you no, know, I think he did um like the Tomi series mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, and, and he, he does a lot of these like, you no, know, these horror things. It's, it's, it's the imagery. It's, it's the, it's the idea of losing control type stuff. It's, 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 it's like not as in your face as like a, like a slasher movie would be. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as psychological as something like say, the conjuring or maybe um insidious would be more apt for that okay but right it's got that like sort of like body horror stuff that you just don't mess with and you just you know you're just not knowing what's happening and the answer is not really coming to us mm -hmm. that's what makes it so cool that's creepy yeah yeah and that's something we talked about a little bit earlier is that's like that's yeah. a really cool element of the horror genre which is you know sometimes it's it's what you don't reveal that is more scary than like your imagination can cook up Something, something way more terrifying than something we can put on screen or put on paper. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I had to tell Anna didn't believe me when I told her that you never see the knife penetrate Janet Lee in Psycho. Mm -hmm. Right. No, exactly. Right, right. You do see the chocolates. Your 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 mind your mind sees <laughs> yeah. it. Like your mind paints well, a very you, clear you picture. It, you see her screaming. You see the you know the you know the quote quote blood, mm -hmm. but you don't actually see the penetration of the knife into the skin. But you but like it's almost like that like Mandela effect type deal where you can swear I saw her getting slashed to pieces. It's like right. you saw the scene of her getting killed, right. but you never <laughs> actually see exactly what it is. That's mm -hmm. a great example. And that works so much better. I think that's that's. A lot of movies have tried to go that route in recent years, and that's part of what the uh, the, the found footage you know genre has been. It's, it's, it's cheaper to film; you can go with like you no know, more of the imagination. But um, you know, sometimes they tend to border on the you know heavily pretentious instead. Like I, I mentioned, Hereditary. Like I, I, I'll stand, I'll die on that hill. I hated that movie with a passion. <laughs> I I've heard good things, I, I, but I've never watched. I, could, I was so bored watching that one and like the Babadook I just like I was like oh, and it didn't help with the characters but um <laughs> but yeah it's these the, with comic books it's a little bit harder because everything is a visual me medium in the comics right mm -hmm. you have to show some stuff so it's harder to to really pull off the that type of so you have to go for like you know the little over the top type gore stuff in the comic books that's why vampires and um, alternate worlds where everybody's a zombie, like Marvel Zombies or mm -hmm. Deceased, which is the DC version of Marvel Zombies. Mm. That's why they're so popular, because 
it's easier to show that on on the, on the page. You have yeah. to show something because it's it's a visual medium. We even got zombie Doctor Strange in the movie, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and that, and that comes directly from like Marvel Zombies, exactly. Right. Yeah, that that was a great nod to that little universe, you know, because they you know they had Kirkman come in and do. He was like, "Hey, you like doing zombies, Kirkman? Hey, why don't you do this Marvel Zombies?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, been, no. it's been successful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Marvel Zombies. Um, I don't know if you if you ever I read it. Um, I I did read it. it. Was it was definitely worth a read because it, it's it's different okay <laughs> definitely definitely like a different t- take on uh the marvel universe uh i felt like it was a little bit much but maybe that'll be the next know. thing i uh i check out you know? yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and then it was fun. they actually brought it into um they, they it was a really good um fake out on marvel comics part it was during the uh, ultimate fantastic four run mm-hmm. where ultimate ultimate reed richards sees that there's another reed richards out there and the way it's written it's making it God, the Ultimate Universe is finally going to cross over into the mainstream Marvel Universe. This is years before it actually happens. Right. And he goes to like basically meet this guy on neutral territory, and it turns out it's the Marvel Zombies Universe. Ah. And it was just a great, complete like side. You know, he was just completely blindsided by it, and that was a lot of fun. He's the one who did um like Kick Ass and 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 stuff like that. Right. But it was a it was a great little twist because it was really leading us to believe that the two universes were gonna you know meet together, and obviously they eventually did. And you know, the Ultimate Universe is now kind of semi part of us, and now it's mm-hmm. rebranding its own little thing. The multiverse but, uh, is part cool of the universe. To see that mm-hmm. one little twist where like you're like, oh man, they're gonna it's gonna be read and read, and then nope, it's reading zombie read trying mm-hmm. to kill everybody. Right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and but and on that note, I'd have to say, and I'm sure you have commentary for this, like one of my all time favorite um, comic series to read for spooky season would probably have to be Blackest Night because I that's Ooh. one of the ones I read. Oh, and that yeah. was like it was just absolutely incredible from cover to cover. Highly, uh, highly recommended. It. And it's like I said, it's not really written as a Halloween type comic book, but it's definitely has to do with, uh, you know, with death and zombies and that kind of thing. So um, that was uh, to this day, probably still one of my favorite DC uh, sagas. Well, that, that was Jeff Johns at his mm-hmm. best, but that was like when, when Jeff was on, he is a, he's a banger. I mean, like the things that he does, I mean, it's, it's, and it was what made that series good was letting the tie-ins you didn't need to read unless they were uh, Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Those were like must-reads. Mm-hmm. And see, I didn't but read the, I didn't read the tie-ins. were like really cool because they really, they got more into the horror, like Donna Troy seeing her husband and dead child. Mm-hmm. Like that's messed up. You know, yeah. having to fight a zombie version of your dead toddler mm-hmm. and, your, and your dead husband is, is just messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it, it was really cool. Or seeing Dr. Light come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Light was a joke of a character that they <laughs> kind of like made into this really bad guy in the Identity Crisis storyline. He had sexually assaulted uh, Sue Dibney, the elongated man's wife, mm-hmm. and the Justice League found him and they wiped his mind and made him forget who they were, who their identities were, and it messed him up a little bit brain-wise. Mm-hmm. And he started getting his memories back, and then when somebody went and killed sue dibney they thought for sure it must be dr light getting revenge and it turned out it wasn't it was um the adams uh gene loring his ex-wife was just she didn't mean to kill her Mm -hmm. she meant to just give her like a little bit of a scare and it would bring the team back together and like no maybe like no she can rekindle things with ray palmer 
but it wound up fracturing the Justice League, leading into the Infinite Crisis storyline. But it was just cool seeing that they had to deal with that, and then seeing after Doctor Light coming back. No, Doctor Light was punished. The Spectre turned him into a candle. Mm-hmm. and like wiped him out and <laughs> now seeing him resurrected and all that trauma coming back up for the justice league that mm-hmm. was really cool during blackest night yeah excellent well Very cool good. man well uh charles man thanks for taking a couple minutes and sitting down and chatting with us uh, about some of your favorite halloween inspired comic books and some of ours as well man i really as always we uh we really appreciate you just taking the time yeah and uh of course happy halloween too i hope uh, you know, guys have a really good time yeah, me too. Thanks. I hope you guys too. Stay safe. You know, it's it's a little bit crazy. We've had a uh, we've had fourteen bomb threats in the uh, in the area the oh last uh, week and a half at the schools. They traced it to a twelve year old that admitted to detectives he can't be charged and he can't be. So like we're okay. waiting for some more wild stuff to happen in the next couple of weeks. So oh, wow, Jeez. <laughs> it's uh, always an adventure in Montgomery County, Maryland. Yeah, <laughs> well, sounds like it. Well, you know, <laughs> stay safe out there and uh, have a, a safe and fun Halloween, brother. We appreciate you. All right, take care, brother. Thanks. All right, see you next week, man. Always a good time when we check in with Comic Man. Absolutely. Some really good Halloween-themed comic books there. Yeah, it's cool. Well, from the world of comics to the world of Mysterious, we have a very special Mysterious world tonight, man, with a special guest. You want to go ahead and jump into it? Let's do it. Send it. All right, let's do it. It's Mysterious World, where we do all the breakdowns of uh, the creepy things and the unknown. And uh, today, Keith, we're going to talk a little bit about the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Yeah, this is a a cool one. I'm pretty excited to hear about it. Yeah, and and as I said at the start of the show, we have a special guest on from tonight. We'll get to him here in just a minute. But uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're not not living in Florida as we are, uh, St. Augustine Lighthouse has a lot of history behind it. So uh, the tower where it is now is actually the second lighthouse tower uh the first uh the, it was the first one to be lit officially by the american territorial go- territorial government in may of 1824 okay as uh, florida's first lighthouse but it was placed on the site of an earlier spanish watchtower uh that predates uh, 1589 so the site of the saying actually mm. goes all the way back to the 1500s wow um so there is a ton of history here at the St. Augustine Lighthouse. And um, it, honestly, uh, it would just, it would take too much to sit there and go on and on about it. Like it's, it's, it's a long history spanning hundreds of years. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, you know, I can tell you it was an operation during the civil war. Yep. There was uh, well, shipwrecks that took place just off the coasts of the lighthouse. Okay. I mean, this is a huge uh, historical port. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's the site of a museum now. So, uh, yeah, so we got people in and out of the lighthouse there pretty regularly. But um, with that comes the stories of the hauntings that take place at the St. Augustine Lighthouse, and which is which is why everybody's here. Right. Right. Like, right, right. Get yeah. past the yeah. history. Get to the good yeah. stuff. There, There's other cool stuff there. There's, you know, there's still the forts and Fort Matanzas. Is mm-hmm. that how you say that? The one that's further south. And yeah, it's a lot of it's a cool town. There's a lot of ghost stories, pirate stuff. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's the oldest continually settled city in America. I, I think it's yeah. I mean, it was it yeah. was the first uh, European settlement in yeah. the United States. So that's why they they can make the claim like oldest city in the United States. Which, it's not really, but it is the oldest European settlement yeah, in the United States. As we know, with you know 
old in history comes spooky tales. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to jump into that. So, uh, you know, depending on who you ask, there's a lot of paranormal investigators who will tell you that the St. Augustine Lighthouse is the most haunted place in the United States. Really? That's what some some say. And they also cool. say that it's uh, they it's been referred to as the Mona Lisa of paranormal sites. So with its vast history of violence and death surrounding this lighthouse, uh, it's been the site of uh, a lot of historical events. Now, in 2019, I can tell you this, the cast of the paranormal investigation show Ghost Hunters visited the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Okay. And uh, the episode featured an inside look of the landmark at night, including the infamous shadow figure uh, that a lot of tourists have reported seeing. Yeah, they so they call it a full-bodied apparition. I'm mm -hmm. doing the hand gestures yeah. from the uh, show that I watched. It was not <clears throat> Ghost Hunters. It was uh, like paranormal uh, encounters or something like that. Yeah. These two guys went in and they're like, this is the place where you always see a real ghost, a full mm -hmm. ghost. And they had like some weird... Um, like kind of it was almost like a radio or something that plays like static and they were talking For, and they tried to some, record evp yeah like they got some voice type stuff on it it this was kind of interesting this will be a cool thing to talk to uh larry about when we call yeah, him in here sure. in just a minute because um when i did his ghost hunt, uh, his ghost tour like we we he, he like he brought out all the equipment uh, and stuff it was kind cool, of fun. cool yeah we'll talk to him about that in just a few minutes um before i move on to tell you some of the stories behind these hauntings though and i'll also tell you this visitors have reported hearing young girls giggling both in and around the lighthouse at night, um, which uh, actually links to a tragic event that occurred back in the 1870s. With the, is this the, uh, how do you say their name? The Petey sisters? Or I think I think it's Pit the Petey. Petey sisters? The Petey sisters, okay. yeah. So um, so this is the first of the uh, two, the first, the first of the two entities that are thought to inhabit this lighthouse. Now, the first uh, of them is actually a group. Um, there's, it's thought to be three girls. Um, and they refer to them as the superintendent's daughters. So the story goes that in 1872, Hezekiah Pitty was the superintendent for the construction project that was happening at the lighthouse at the time. Okay. Um, so he realizes that this construction project is going to take him much, much longer than previously anticipated. Mm. And at this point, he's already been there for a year and a half working on this construction project, and he realizes, I'm going to have to be here a lot longer. So he sends up to Maine to have his wife and his two daughters come down and live with him in St. Augustine, Florida, while he works on this construction job. Okay. So... Yeah, you don't want to be around yeah. way too long, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and he, obviously he wasn't the, the only one there. There was a lot of other construction workers and crew mm -hmm. and things that were at the lighthouse at this time. Um, so one day, um, Pity, Pity's two daughters... And their three friends, which I'm assuming are probably, you know, daughters of some of the construction workers that are out there. Um, they had a rail car out there that was used for transporting supplies to the lighthouse during construction. So okay. these kids, you know, not a lot to do out there. So they're out there pushing each other on the rail car. Um, so this rail car runs over the pier. As they're pushing it, one of the wheels falls off Ooh. and the rail car falls off of the pier and into the water. Wow. Um, with, with all five girls, uh, I know, I don't know if, if all five girls fell in, but I know that, um, I know that at least three fell into the water. Now, one of the construction workers who's nearby sees this happened and he rushes into the water to yeah. get the girls. Um, 
But sadly, uh, both of Pity's daughters and one of their friends had already drowned wow. by the time he got to them. So yeah, he he used all his strength and, and actually got to because those cars are pretty oh, they're heavy, heavy, right? Yeah. yeah, they're extremely heavy. So he must have been a pretty strong guy, mm-hmm. like to pick it up. Well, he's he was building a lighthouse in the 1870s. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I probably a lot more was, physical than you than, know, than doing it yeah. now. Uh, it's still a physical yeah. job, yeah. But you know, since the accident um, on that day in 1872, both visitors. Uh, and the lighthouse workers have reported hearing girls giggling in the woods Ugh. behind the lighthouse. That's creepy. Um, and others claim they've witnessed what look like four-foot-tall figures peeking around the corners. Now, regularly, visitors to the lighthouse describe uh, catching glimpses of young a young girl or multiple young girls dressed in old-time clothing um, gazing out from the lighthouse door. Or standing by the window upstairs. Huh. Um, now this is where uh, this is where like they're definitely the spirits of like playful little girls, right? Uh, okay. Workers um, in the lighthouse today will discover that previously locked doors from the night before are now wide open the next morning. So I have heard a story where where something that's connected to the alarm even will be unlocked and open and the alarm company came in and investigated. They're like, there's nothing, there's no nobody reason here. this shouldn't have gone off. Nothing on the cameras probably. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just unlocked. That's crazy. Far out. Um, yeah. But, and they'll also tell tales of um, children's laughter in the middle of the night. And these are like the overnight workers, basically okay, yeah. music boxes in the gift store. Like they oh, sell weird. music boxes in the gift store will uh, periodically pop open and start playing all by themselves. Whoa. And tour guides report increased incidences of being uh, touched or grabbed. Like they'll feel something grab them while they're giving these tours of the lighthouse. Like this, and this is in the middle of the day. Huh. And it's um, it's not the people on the tour. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, hopefully it's not uh, the people on the tour. Otherwise, you got a hashtag Me Too on your hands. I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> but um, but the girls are generally considered to be playful spirits. Like okay. they're they're friendly. So they're not scary. They're not scary. Creepy. But there is uh, there is a spirit in the lighthouse that is believed to be not so friendly. Um, ooh, okay. Yeah, so, I know about another one. Are you sure. want tell me tell me tell me what you know? Well, just that uh, one of the people who worked there, he worked there for a really long time, and, mm-hmm. and he passed away of tuberculosis in one okay. of the rooms. And one of the rooms they went into on the show I was watching. There's like they're like, oh, this one corner is real creepy. And of course, the guy goes and stands in the corner, and it's like he makes it look creepy, you know? Yeah. Um, but the other guy sat in there, and he was using that that machine and stuff and got like a lot of responses it was it was pretty crazy he like stayed in there alone it was like Ooh. freaky yeah um, i don't know if i don't know if that ties in with um i don't know if with, that's the with this guy. spirit or not but maybe the other spirit that is believed to live in the st augustine lighthouse um is simply referred to as the man or sometimes the man in blue okay so, yeah, um, yeah the blue suit yeah, yeah. okay yeah okay yeah, that is that him cool. yeah okay for sure. um so it's he's he's believed to be kind of a dark, malevolent force lurking inside the lighthouse. Now, usually, he is spotted in the basement of what used to be the lightkeeper's house, like the old timey lightkeeper's house, where like where they live. Yeah, where they live. Yeah, yeah. Um, I and, think that might have been. Yeah, well, I'm not sure, but yeah. And also, he comes with his own distinct smell. Ew. Apparently, like um, he will make the room smell like cigar smoke. When he is in the room, far out, and uh, other visitors uh, have just kind of reported having a feeling of uh, foreboding or doom whenever he is around. Like you can just, you know, you can just sense his his presence in the room. Basically, um, in an interview with one of the management team, uh, they said 
and I'm quoting from an interview here, when he appears, he makes life a living hell for the workers. One night, a lighthouse keeper refused to go back to work because the man in blue harassed him for a whole night, chasing him up and down the 219 stairs of the lighthouse. Eventually, the lighthouse duty had to be handed over to the Coast Guard because of this wraith. So, yeah, so I mean, Coast Guard immune to hunting? (laughs) Probably not, but they're just like, you're military, you do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that'd be scary, you know. But uh, the most famous encounter with with the man or the man in blue happened in 2006 when the ghost hunters from the TV show okay. visited the lighthouse. Uh, in the episode that aired the same year, a black misty figure is seen approximately two stories above the cast location. Okay, and like uh, on the show, yeah, on the show. Oh, wow. So they, yeah. So usually so they, they don't say, see yeah. stuff. You know, um, the man is seen peeking over the railing before turning around and just vanishing into thin air. Oh far out um so as far as who who the man or the man in blue is there there's a couple theories as to who he was in life well and, and i'm not saying the uh the the one guy is that guy but somebody did pass away there mm-hmm. of tb and then um i think there's been another death there there's well there's there's two there's there's two people that they believe uh joseph and uh, i think and drew hopefully i'm saying his name correctly, and William Russell. Okay. Um, so some believe that it's the ghost of William Russell. Now, he was the light keep, uh, lighthouse keeper during the 1850s, so this would have predated the the girls' okay. event. Um, and he was known for his passionate, protective personality, um, and a lot of people believe that it's basically like, to him, this is still his home, his place of work, and he needs to get these these intruders out of his lighthouse. Oh, essentially. okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, Hey, get out of there. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is uh, believed to be another lighthouse keeper. Okay. Um, f- named Joseph and drew. And they believe according to legend, he was painting the tower in 1859 and he fell to his death. The what? Yeah. He was whitewashing the yeah, outside of it. Yeah. And, uh, his death was like so fast and so sudden that some argue that like, he just, he, he had no recollection of the fact that he died. Like, it just happened that oh. quickly. Um, so for over 100 years, his spirit has been living in his his old quarters, smoking a cigar to pass the time. Which would make sense Which would smell. Yeah, yeah exactly. So <clears throat> I, I do know a, a, a not scary story about it, too. Oh, yeah? Hit me. Uh, well, these guys on the show, they, they, they said that a, a kid threw a cat off the top of the lighthouse on the mm-hmm. observation deck. Yeah. But he had fashioned a parachute for it. And he, oh, he did it to drop a cat. This is crazy, right? That's wild. But he, um, the parachute actually worked, and the cat was fine. So the, <laughs> so the cat was not one of the people who fall off. Well, the, that's uh, good. Okay. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. It was uh, that was uh, an interesting uh, now, experiment. Yeah, as they said, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I probably agree that the cat probably did have a heart attack afterwards. Like, yeah. what the heck just happened? But yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> don't throw cats off things. It's not nice. Yeah. Um, even if they have a parachute, yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I that was kind of funny. They brought some levity to the to the crazy ghost stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, this is a, this is a cool one. That's, yeah. I've only been there one time um, to St. Augustine. I haven't I haven't gotten to go to the lighthouse. Have you been to the lighthouse? I you know no. I've been to the fort. I've been okay. to the old fort, but I haven't I haven't actually visited the lighthouse. So yeah. maybe maybe a trip there is going to be in order here pretty soon. I checked out the fort a little bit. I didn't go in it. Like I just walk around it. You know, in the city part, mm-hmm. and then I went to that pirate museum that was there. Really mm-hmm. cool. Also a bunch of neat history. And um, yeah, I didn't see any ghosts or anything. But it was a nice like afternoon. You know, yeah. like walking around down there. Well, in just a moment, we're gonna we're gonna get on the line with um, Larry Lawson, and he is uh, he's a local paranormal investigator here. A real in town. ghost hunter. He's a real ghost yeah. hunter, and he began his uh, paranormal investigation company 
because of something he saw really? at the St. Augustine Lighthouse. And so, yeah, we're going to hop on with him here in just a minute, and uh, he's going to tell us about it. And that I, sounds yeah, great. Yeah, 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 I can't wait. All right, so we, we just finished talking about the lighthouse. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to talk to uh, local paranormal investigator Larry Lawson here, and uh, he actually is the uh, owner and operator of Indian River Haunting LLC since 2016. Uh, he's a former law enforcement officer, um, also the host of Paranormal Stakeout Radio Broadcast, and uh, is currently writing a book on uh, local hauntings right here in town. So That's super cool. I think it'll be kind of cool. And uh, he, he started all of this because of an experience he had at the St. Augustine Lighthouse. So let's go ahead and bring him in. Larry, how you doing today, bud? Pretty good, Dylan. Thanks for having me on. You bet, man. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate you uh, sitting and calling in with us. This is a pretty busy time of year for you, I think. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, this is definitely my season, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me... Uh, I'll, I'll jump right into it. Um, so you started um, Indian River Hunting LLC back in 2016 um, after you and your son had an experience at the, at the St. Augustine Lighthouse. So, walk us. Actually, it goes back a little bit further. Um, oh, okay. Back in 2010, mm -hmm. my older son and I went to St. Augustine after he had uh, uh, he had a uh, we had watched the old Ghost Hunter show. And there was an, an event that happened in the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. We we talked about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've never debunked that. I might add. Ah, that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So he, he wanted to go up there for his 11th birthday. So I took him up there, and uh, we went into, you know, we went through one tour of the lighthouse, and we had a great time. And Ryan said, Dad, go again. I said, sure, why not? Because the tours were about two hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went in, the, we got there the second time, and the, the tour guy said, look, you guys have already done this once. There's fewer <laughs> people, so tell you what. You can have the lighthouse for an hour, and I'll take everybody else into the lightkeeper's house. More like groovy. That's great. Ooh, okay. Uh, so in, we went into the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're up on about the fourth floor. Now, bear in mind, and I don't know if you discussed before, but uh, there were three little girls that died in an accident in 1879. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were rebuilding the, the lighthouse. The superintendent's time. daughters. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Well, two of them were. The other was, the third one was a playmate of theirs. Right. Mm-hmm. They're playing it on this little cart that they were using to bring supplies up from the uh, the, the beach area, mm -hmm. you know, to, to build to rebuild the place. And uh, the cart malfunctioned. The cart went in the water, and it, it killed the real girl. Yeah. Uh. Since then, they've reported to have haunted mm -hmm. the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And um, we ended up uh, in there, and we're on the fourth floor. And it's big, thick walls. You can't hear anything from the outside. Okay. Right? And suddenly, without question. We start hearing little girls laughing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's cool. Just like so, they said. You know, being, yeah, being a cop, the first thing I did was looking <laughs> for wires and speakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have that investigation That's background. Idea. Yeah, it's, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I searched all over for, for, for some evidence that it was being concocted, and it was not. And it was at that point that I said, you know, and, and this is uh, this was after an experience I had working in the Dade County Jail 
years before that, where mm-hmm. I'd actually seen a, a full night apparition walking down a uh, Ooh, yeah. catwalk on one of the floors. And this, at this, that Dade County Jail? I'm going I'm sorry? At the Dade County Jail? Yeah, Dade County Jail in Miami. Okay. okay. And um, Whoa. I said, I'm going to start looking into this. And we created a group called the Florida Bureau of Paranormal Investigation. Okay. And I had some cops. I had some uh, teachers. I had some other professionals on there. And we just began to investigate. <laughs> and uh, we did that for a number of years. And finally, in 2016, uh, I had retired from my first round of law enforcement. Was doing it. I was doing it. Went back to it, and I was the detective in the town of Felsmere. Mm-hmm. And that's where we actually had a, we were investigating, and people started asking us what, you know, to, to speak to their their clubs and give tours. And that's what gave birth to Indian River Haunting. So Indian River Haunting is cool. a Bureau of Paranormal Investigation. Excellent. Kind of hand in hand. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah, that works pretty closely together. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Was um, you know, because we we talked a little bit about the superintendent's daughters and the uh, the blue man a little bit, and I wasn't sure which which of the two you had encountered. So that was definitely sounds like that was an encounter with the uh, with the girls. Oh yeah, and we've had other experiences there too. We've been actually we were there one time doing a, a tour and door locked on us. And oh, really? The <laughs> staff said how that door locked. It was impossible. That's, like that's that. wild. Yeah, we, we yeah we we were just talking about that. How a lot of the staff will say that there's doors that were uh, previously locked the night before will be open the next morning, like inexplicably, and they can't explain it. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I, I tell you, it is an incredibly active place. We actually, my team, the FBTI, um, we actually had the whole um, lighthouse to ourselves last January. Oh, oh nice. Cool. Yeah, we're gonna have to go check that out. Arranges um, so that we were the only ones they're investigating. Oh wow! Hmm. Great experience. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so, so now you have the Florida Bureau of Paranormal Investigators that runs hand in hand with Indian River Haunting LLC, which uh, you do a lot of ghost tours here locally. Like I, I did your ghost tour on Friday the thirteenth. It was a lot of fun. Um, how many? Oh, how many on your team now? Well, uh, with FBPI and bear in mind, Indian River Haunting, I, I look at it as my outreach mm-hmm. from FBPI to kind of share with the public and and on the team with fbpi i have 12 mm-hmm. oh wow and uh they they obviously help me uh, sometimes with some of my events with uh indian river hauntings also okay excellent very cool and so like we do tours in vero yeah uh fort pierce sebastian and sometimes on Pilsen. all right when's you, and you're you're doing one tonight aren't you tomorrow night in oh, sebastian tomorrow night in sebastian okay very very cool and and do you guys also? Uh, I know you might you mentioned this on the tour. You guys actually get calls to come out to like local haunted locations. Yeah, we do. Uh, we uh, we'll come out and help folks try to figure out what's going on there. Of course, we take a uh, pretty much a scientific look at it, a skeptical look at it. We try to debunk it if we can, and mm-hmm. if we can't, we'll let the client know that. There is activity there that we cannot explain. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, do you do you use a lot of different like invariant equipment to kind of you know how like I've uh, they have something that like plays static in the background that I've seen on TV to pick up voices and things like that. EVPs. Yeah, we, yeah. we use everything from a spirit box, which is a device that goes through radio frequencies very quickly, which uh, um, is part of the world of instrumental transcommunication, which uh, also includes EVPs and stuff. It's anything coming across electronically. Cool. We use uh, electromagnetic field 
readers such as millimeters and K2s. We use REM pods that put out a, a, a like a bubble of energy around it. If anything, if anything breaks it, the um, uh, alarms go off. Temperature gauges, surveillance cameras, infrared. We, we have all the typical stuff. Excellent. That sounds awesome. That's. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. Uh, yeah, we got to play with some of the toys when we went on the tour, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. But um, let, let me the let me add. Rods are... Oh, the the dowel rods were uh, were definitely memorable. <laughs> and actually, that that remind. I wanted to ask you, like, so since you started doing this, what is one of the most memorable things that have happened to you um, since you began this venture? I mean, that could, <laughs> we could go a couple different ways on that. I mean, as far as actually uh, investigating the paranormal, uh, I've uh, seen full-bite apparitions, of which I've seen three. One was in the Dade County Jail way back many years ago. Mm-hmm. The other two were in the Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Ah, um, oh, wow. Where my sister looks. Was pretty interesting. And one, one was a tall, lanky cowboy-looking guy oh. that came out of one wall and into another wall in the hallway going into the kitchen. Huh. Oh, wow. Didn't expect that. <laughs> Can't imagine, can't imagine that anybody would. That's that's really funny. And, uh, of course, we got Our Lady in Purple out in Bellsmere, which we uh, uh, we've got photographs of, and that will be appearing in my book, uh, Haunted Indian River County. Yeah, and I was actually just gonna, I was just gonna ask you, tell us a little bit about uh, your book, Haunted Indian River County. You got coming out? Yeah, it's it's coming out with the History Press, and it's uh, basically. Uh, not only talking about the history of our wonderful county here, but also uh, in the different cities, Felsmere, Sebastian, Vero Beach, uh, the legends that folks have talked about over the years, mm-hmm. and some things that uh, have cropped up in investigations uh, by folks in the in the area, too. So cool. It's pretty well-encompassing, and I'd like to think that, that we really covered uh, the, the county pretty well when it comes to its history and its haunting. Yeah, I, and I think and I think uh, you do a great job out there. Like I said, you know, I'm a I'm a native, born and raised here in the area, and I I even learned a lot about uh, the local history and things that I had no idea about before I attended your tour. So it was uh, definitely an eye opening experience and a lot of fun for me to do. Well, good, and, and folks need to realize that history comes hand in hand with investigating the paranormal. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't love and embrace history, then the rest of it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and Larry, you, you also host your own podcast as well, right? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear you. Um, do you also host your own podcast as well, is that correct? Yes, I do. Uh, Paranormal Stakeout uh, appears on the um, uh, X-Zone Radio Broadcast and Television Network out of Canada, and it's you can usually find it on Rumble, Speaker, um, as well as YouTube, uh, a lot of my interviews are on, and it's, uh, I get a chance to meet some very intriguing people. Oh, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have to give that a listen for sure. Yeah. Oh, please do. For sure. Well, and, and if you're uh, if you're if you're listening to us locally here in uh, Indian River County in Florida, man, definitely look up uh, IndianRiverHauntings.com. You can go there and check out Larry, um, check out his book, and uh, book one of his tours. I did his uh, Haunted Vero tour, but I, I definitely have, I'm going to come back for the rest of them. So that's uh, it, it was it was a memorable experience. I highly recommend it to anybody looking for something fun to do, not just for Halloween, but just any time of the year is a good time for it. Yeah, we do the tours all year round. It's not just Halloween. Oh, okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Larry. Appreciate it, man. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you get back to your busy day. I know you got a lot of things you got to get going, but uh, we appreciate the time and Never you. Too busy for you. <laughs> appreciate it. Well, we'll we'll talk again soon. Thank you, my friend.
reference. All right, thank you. That's yeah, thank Larry, you, Larry Lawson, Indian River Hauntings LLC and the Florida uh, Bureau of Paranormal Investigation. And uh, sometimes, Keith, when we uh, we get together, <laughs> we like to sit down and have a good old-fashioned heart-to-heart talk with my dear old Uncle Chuck. Now, retired down in Florida is where he lives. He's a dear old man with some advice to give. If you don't like it, then I guess you're out of luck. It's time for advice from your dear old Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck gives a f- Uncle Chuck, how's it going, bud? It's, we haven't had you on the show in a minute. Hey, kiddo. Well, how's uh, how's, hey, how's the assisted living facility treating you down there? <laughs> it's not an assisted living facility. <laughs> it I'm- is... It is an active elderly support center. All right, I'm sorry. The active elderly support center. That's 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 my bad. That's on me. I like that. You never vid- maybe you'd remember this shit. Well, I, you're, you're down there in Boca. It's a, it's a long ways away. It is not. I I know where you live. <laughs> like two hours away. <laughs> Well, Uncle Uncle Chuck, what are you? Uh, what are you over there at the uh, Shady Pines Active uh, Elderly Community Center d- Center for support for support? <laughs> what are you guys? What are you guys doing down there for the Halloween season? Uh, telling the kids to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. sounds about right. Well, um, I thought I thought we'd come to you for advice. I don't have uh, I don't have like an email for you this week or anything like that, but. Um, well, let me ask you this, Uncle Chuck. Uh, for for those of uh, our listeners out there who who have kids, uh, you know, maybe they're taking their kids trick or treating this Halloween, or maybe uh, you know their kids are kind of old enough to finally like go out on their own. Uh, what what advice do you have about staying safe out there on Halloween? First of all, nobody's giving you kid drugs. None. Nobody. <laughs> that they did that in the seventies and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> but. They don't do not do that anymore because people are cheap and the economy sucks. Yeah, I mean, who wants to who, who wants to give away their drugs, right? Actually, not to those little assholes. <laughs> I wouldn't appreciate it anyways. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they're too young to see God off of five hits of blotter acid. <laughs> oh God, oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> oh man, hey Uncle Chuck, I heard they wouldn't appreciate it anyway. I heard you you had an incident out there at your um. At your community last year, with uh, some some uh, teenagers came in and started started vandalizing, pranking. Yeah, prank pranking like you and some of the uh, the other folks that live out there. Oh, yeah, the little dipshits threw like a roll of toilet paper over the roof a oh. couple times, and oh, then they man. just walked. Off. I no dedication. This generation has no dedication. Hold, hold on, let me let me see if I understand. I got this straight. You're not upset that they vandalized your property. You're just more upset that they didn't commit to vandalizing properly. Yeah, that is exactly correct. They did a half-assed <laughs> job. These Zoomers, these Millennials, they just quit on everything. They quit. Well, I mean, every goddamn time it gets a little hard, they walk away. Well, did they use toilet paper or did they egg your house? What happened? Uh, they, they just use toilet paper because, well, I, I'm sure they just it from their mommies. <laughs> Well, they and they just and they just kids did a, these days they are not dedicated. In our day, it was a sacred pact. 
If you didn't get candy, you took vengeance. <laughs> oh, man. So are you, uh, you going to be giving out candy this year? I, I, I'm sorry. I, there was a little interference. Oh. Uh, my hearing aid turned for a second. What was oh, that? I'm sorry. Are, are you giving out candy this year, Uncle Chuck? I'm giving out middle fingers. <laughs> well, you know, These you... little pussies to try something. Well, you know, if you, when you... I was their age, I skinned a man's fucking dog. Holy shit. Whoa. You yeah, skinned, escalated. You skinned a man's dog for not giving you candy, Uncle Chuck? Actually, actually, that that was a lie. I I I would have, but they all knew better and gave the fucking candy. <laughs> <laughs> he he would have skinned a dog alive, but luckily that crisis was averted just knew, because yeah. old old man Withers that uh, lived downtown gave gave Uncle Chuck like what what was Full candy what was the can what was the candy back then was it like still Werther's Originals or candy corn for nineteen twenty three or what was it Oh man it it was a half bag of circus peanuts Oh God oh. the worst candy. <laughs> Like the oh no, sir! No, no, no! They are on par with Mike and I, and Good and Plenty, and Charleston Chew. All classics, all classics. Those are the big orange ones, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh man, Charleston Chew is disgusting. <laughs> well, over over they the still year be saying you don't like the horse tails. <laughs> oh my! Do they still make those? I don't. Know. I think they're cow tails, aren't cow they? They do. <laughs> they do, and they are still only seventy five cents a piece. <laughs> it survived inflation. That's awesome. Can, yeah. can you even chew those yes. anymore, Uncle Chuck? <laughs> my my hearing aid went again. What was that? I, I said, can you even chew those anymore, Uncle Chuck? I actually, I, I uh, someone someone said boofing them, and I do not recommend oh, that. No, oh, no. No. Listen, whatever you and Helen do behind closed doors is is between you and Helen, Uncle Chuck. Man. Well, I mean, I will say that if I dip it in Helen, it, it becomes a lot softer. Oh, and then God. adds a tang. Oh, God. Alright. That's enough out of oh. you, Uncle Chuck. Gross. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Uncle Chuck. Happy Halloween, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is so disgusting. Why do we keep wow. having him back? I don't just for the shock value. Oh yeah. God, ew, man! It sounds like they're uh, that is so gross. Well, I, you know that neighborhood's probably giving out good candy then. They knew. Yeah. Well, I don't think I want any candy that Uncle no, Jet's I, been up in Uncle Chuck's house because it might have been up in Helen. Oh, gross. Yeah, <laughs> gross. I don't want to think about. You that. want to just move on to AI Theater presents? Yeah, yeah. This and is, let's uh, let's do a palate cleanse from what a that Halloween nastiness. show, man. This is this has been a blast so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keith, as you know, uh, we started a new bit on the show some episodes back now, and yeah. uh, you were kind of hoping this wouldn't stick. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately for you, it's, it's sticking for now. For now, anyways, it's... I don't know, maybe not. But this is uh, AI Theater Presents Scripted Delights, where I have AI write a scenario for us. And then Keith and I perform it live here. With, yeah, with our best... Uh, with our best bad impressions. Bad impersonations. So yeah. without any further ado, oh let gosh. us go to AI Theater Presents Scripted Delights. And now for another edition of AI Theater Presents... Scripted Delights. AI Theater presents Scripted Delights. And so for this uh, special Halloween episode, Keith, I thought it would be fun if uh, we had two of our favorite action stars. Yes, very much so. 
break down the door of a haunted house and uh, had uh, had an AI write this scene for us and and find out what would happen in this scenario where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone decide to go investigate a haunted house together. This this has uh, yeah bad movie written all over. Oh, it's it's like, it's, yeah. it's it's a great bad movie. All right, so first a little bit of mood music to set the scene. Ah. All right, there you go. You like that? You like that? All right, so we uh, imagine if you will. We have a uh, we have a haunted house, creepy old haunted house, mm. and then. Up rolls in uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, played by Keith, and uh, Sylvester Stallone, played by me. All right, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and start. Here we go. <clears throat> you get in the character, you know. This <laughs> 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 is so stupid. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, Arnold. You know, it's uh, you know, we got a haunted house here. You know, you're. You're a big guy, I'm a big guy. Let's uh, go show these uh, show these ghosts who's boss, you know? Yeah, I'm not scared, Sly. I face real monsters in my movies. Yeah, well, you know, uh, these ghosts, they, uh, they seem to be pretty real to me, you know? So uh, let's stick together. Why well, was that, Sly? Did you hear that? No, no, it's just... Uh, yeah, that's the win, you know. That's it. Oh. Sly, I think it's time to reconsider our career choices. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe we should stick to action films. Yeah, you know, that might be a better idea for us. Live got an idea. Let's run like we're being chased by an army of Terminators. Yeah, that is a good idea, Arnold. You know, uh, on the count of three, you know, here we go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's pretty funny, right there. That was uh, that was uh, this week's episode of AI Theater presents scripted. AI Delights. Theater presents, as you say. That was fun. Yeah, they went into a haunted house and got scared out. <laughs> that was good. I think it was a uh, pretty successful Halloween special, man. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun to do. We gotta we gotta start doing more specials like this, man. I, that was fun. I dig it. I, I like the theme. It's it's been all over the place. What do we? So. What we should do something special for our uh, our Christmas our Christmas spectacular. Yeah, we can what, do what Christmas. Do you think? We can do a Thanksgiving spectacular. Ooh, yeah. Thanksgiving spectacular. All right, yeah. Easter, uh, New New everything. Year's, all all the holidays, yeah. right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, man, this has been a good time. And, uh, you know, as we transition into, you know, the the next set of holidays uh, surrounded mm. by Mariah Carey's music. Oh, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, I can't I can't wait to do another show with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll meet. How about I, I got a great idea. Let's meet back here same time next week and do it all over again, same man. Bad time. All yeah. right. Well, that was a good time, man. Thank you for joining us on the Zumundo Halloween special. I'm Doolin. And I'm Keith. Have a creepy Zumundus week, everybody. Yeah, have a good time, everybody. We're out. All I yeah. want for <laughs> Christmas is <laughs> Not yet, not yet. Nah, it's almost I'd time, man. Almost That's the scariest part of Halloween. That's is Mariah Carey coming back.